So what is your thoughts on people drinking vodka? Um, wow, that's an interesting question. I used to drink. I quit for health benefits. I, I, there's nothing wrong with, I don't know, drinking, what is it, the P of, um, what makes uh, alcohol, I forgot what it's called, but basically it's yeast. Yeast, yeah, but that comes from uh, bacteria or something defecating or I don't know. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. I, I think for most people, it's not a problem, but when you get to be my age, it takes toll on your body, you know. Do you think that it's going to be like new alcohols um, as we get older? Because obviously, like there's been the usual whiskey, gin, vodka, beer, wine. But is it possible to create like new alcohols? I don't mean like flavors of drinks. I mean, actual like kind of categories. Like you've got the gin, the vodka. I, I don't drink alcohol myself, but do you reckon there's going to be loads of new created stuff? Well, I think it's actually taking a different turn now that we're studying psychedelics and uh, a lot a lot more the stigma is kind of gone i don't think it's going to go towards uh, alcohol there may be a new type of alcohol that comes out but I, I think that you know with all the research we're doing on psychedelics i think that's where it's really going to um change i think it's going to change humanity i believe do you think that um people are going to merge towards smoking something to give them an effect rather than drinking because loads of my friends growing up i'm 27 they used to drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes. But nowadays, everyone is smoking weed. So now people are smoking weed instead of getting drunk, for example. So is it going to become a point where people are not having a few beers? They're having a few joints instead where alcohol and drinks will simply just be a part of the past. And the new thing is about smoking a substance. I, I, I think I think so. But uh, with one caveat, and that is that things tend to be cyclical. In other words, uh, you know, every 15, 20 years, they come back into being vogue. And so I, I agree with you where I'm looking at the younger generation and they're actually smoking cigarettes less, smoking more weed, smoking or drinking less alcohol. They don't seem to care about driving, at least in the region I'm in, which is odd. But yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's a good thing. And when you think about how... Back in our day, like as I said, no one ever smoked cannabis. It's just it wasn't a thing. And I think the more people are going online, the more aware they are becoming of stuff other than what their teachers say. So now they're not just listening to their teachers speaking their five topics like geography, history, RE, whatever, religion. Now there's so much stuff out there and people are just following this new cult of being awoke. And everyone is becoming more awoken, right? Because there'd be an access to all of this stuff. And you mix it with conspiracies and stuff. You on YouTube and you have this way of making somebody look like they're saying something. So you think it's real. You can easily make, for example, Trump smoke a spliff via like <laughs> some kind of graphic stuff. And they're like, dude, did you see Trump smoke a spliff, man? Yeah, let's do it together. Like everyone's been um, seeing all this stuff. And you can't really drink and smoke at the same time. It's just it's like too much on the body like you probably can and people do but socially it's too much to feel the effect of being drunk and high like you need a break so it literally will be one or the other um but that's thing we just people have been doing it for many 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 years like ancient tribes just lit the bush on fire and breathed it in it's no big deal it's more to do with government that want people to become aware 
of everything because then everything would change if everyone could be like i could set up a business using the power of my mind yeah there'd be no people with no no bosses of people working for them so you can understand why like back in the day in the 50s jfk day somebody banned psychedelics or something like that because they didn't want people to know what they do or they didn't want people to become aware when they've taken it so it was banned and now everyone's becoming aware of that type of thing yeah i think it was william hearst that uh, actually banned cannabis and hemp when and we'd been using it for years uh making all sorts of things and but uh, that's kind of going away now it's now legal in many states at least here to make hemp and and i think what you're saying about being maybe introspective uh that scare probably would scare some governments because you know you take uh, you start taking a look at what's going on instead of being just a robot i mean i have i had periods in my life where i would turn on the tv and just waste hours of the, the day not trying to learn anything in fact now you know last five years i've been just a sponge but um i don't know i, I hope it's that way i, I think that uh, the research that's being done quitting smoke uh forms of uh ptsd i mean it's just amazing and i did a lot of psychedelics when i was younger and um i don't know if that helped change my narrative to to being the person i am now but it may have i don't know <clears throat> so like all these um you know dmt for example stimulates the penile gland and makes suddenly you come come aware so if you've been a robot for say five six years your brain's used to doing that same thing so you're not going to know anything else other than just to do that and obviously you could teach somebody or mentor somebody and tell them this or you can take a magic magic mushroom for example and it does it for you and if everyone was aware of everything nobody would just go to work come home play xbox because it's easier for governments to manage people if they do the same thing, if they're just at home doing their shit. Imagine everyone was just doing everything and anything. Government would not be able to cope. And you could say that you know, that's the only reason why we've evolved so much and there's so many people on the planet, because we're able to manage people. And if we weren't able to manage people, then there'll be civil wars and people shooting each other in the street because there'd just be like not enough government people to manage these people. So it's a vicious circle because... We've only got this far because of government control, because they can manage us with the police and shit. But at the same time, if you wake everyone up and you say, fuck the government, they're trying to control me and hide this from us. OK, well, if everyone was woke, they'll all be smoking in the street, do what the fuck they want. They'll be driving where they want, driving at any speed that they want. It would be a nightmare. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I kind of view life as like a yin and yang of, of uh, chaos and order in the sense that I know... I'm a real creative person, so left to my vices, I can come up with a thousand bad ideas. <laughs> um, and, but I need to surround myself with people that are kind of grounded, and I guess you could call that like government type people, where you know they're they kind of keep me grounded, so I don't have implement you know 999 of my bad ideas. <laughs> but we, I think we need each other. It's kind of like the mother and father of civilization. You know, we we do need a government. We need infrastructure and stuff like that. But we also need to they don't we don't realize we need them and they need us as far as creative people and stoic people. It's true. It's like <clears throat> um, a boss needs his employees. Right. 
that's the only reason why the boss has his nice car and his nice house because each employee ends up giving him you know double double the amount of money he could get by himself right but as soon as for example the coronavirus shuts everyone down it's um i'm grabbing all the money i can it's now about survival but it's like you need these people when they you need these people otherwise you wouldn't have got here so is this combination of you need everyone. So the fa- mother and the father thing that symbolizes life is created by two mother, father, sperm, egg, um, yin and yang, positive, negative, everything like up subjective, objective. It's like you look at things within and then you see things from the outside coming in. Everything is simply two. It's not just like we're one human. We're different biologies because your ancestors could have left the jungle um way before black person's ancestor right so their biology is different they didn't have a chance to eat certain berries and nuts and therefore have allergies to nuts for example right because they've been eating the same foods for years we're different vibrations so the more positive you are the quicker your cells produce and the bigger the more immune you have and and you and you just have more energy to do stuff and a negative person their cells deteriorate and they're weak and they're depressed and then all issues come from that so that's two humans already in positive and negative then you've got the different biologies of humans there's not just one human just like there's not just one way of life like you work for someone or you work for yourself it's both one or the other it's like you know quantum physics particle wave and both do you know about that uh vaguely yes yes every everything (laughs) can be everything can be a particle everything can be in a wave state or it can be both Everything yeah. is a mixture of everything. It's not just you need a mother or a father or you can do one or the other if they do both jobs. It's a mixture of everything. Um, yeah. You can't just be like, we don't want government because then you realise what happens when there isn't government. And then you're like, well, I don't like my life as it is. And then you get that and then you want that. Literally everything moves as you. It's like the goalposts are forever moving. Yes. Plants are always being created. Plants are dying. You know, that's that's one thing that. both sides of most things and and uh, to find a navigate a path through life without meditation for me is almost impossible i mean my uh, i heard you talk about tourettes and and um, one of your podcasts and and your brain just is just flying all the time yeah i have the same problem my sleeping is hell for me um i if i couldn't meditate as i would be up 24 hours a day but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, um, but at some point you got to move forward with the belief, something that you have or something you believe in. So I think that's why I like podcasting and interviewing people because I like to see their perspective, you know. And also, <clears throat> when you talk, you use brain activity and energy so you'll sleep better. Like when I do podcasts, I sleep nine, ten hours all the way through. And when I don't, I sleep for seven, but at the same time, I find it hard to sleep the night before if my brain isn't done. We'd wake up at some and we and mm-hmm. we have to find food, and that's brain activity. These days, we're just doing fuck all. We're on the computer, following our boss's command, which is the same command, so they're not really doing anything. So your actual brain of working stuff out isn't being used. You're in that automation of doing that same thing, but the active activity part hasn't been used. That's why exercise is so important, because when you walk, you are tired. As Joe Rogan says, he loves exercise because he says he just can't be asked to do anything. 
Someone yeah. says gonna have some money, fucking have it. Do you want a kebab tonight? Yeah, whatever. He can't be asked to do anything. So yeah. imagine how people don't exercise and they don't use their brain. Like people don't talk. They're on their phone. Their brain's activated, so they're in their head. They're going, why is he doing that? Oh, that's a nice car. I'd like to do that. But seeing it and hearing it in your head is different to speaking it it requires energy like your whole body is vibrating when you speak right you put your hands there whole body is vibrating so i am knackered i sleep really well phones are on their own little world no one at home speaking because they're doing their own shit so no one's sleeping and the reason we've got so many issues is because their brain isn't tired yeah um I, I work out uh, twice a day, and and if I don't, uh, I I it's just I'm my my levels. Uh, I, I I go real bipolar. I get either really upset. Everything turns black and white in my reality. But if I work out, I, I feel I feel okay. And it's same with uh, speaking to people, like you said. It's a way of sorting out what we're thinking as well, because the writing does that for me. You know, if you if you write it down and you look at it, you can tell a confused mind or a, a mind that thinks, you know, uh, very linear, you know, with a linear, you know, a, a start and an end. So, yeah. But so I was going to ask you, do you, do you do what kind of physical, I know you talk to people all the time. Do you do any physical exercise? So at night I go to bed at 1130 every night. I go for a walk at 1030 until 11 because Everyone, all the humans are asleep at that point. So the energy is down. Okay, the EMF in the atmosphere goes up when people are waking up at six, for example, and it goes down about that time. And so the have you noticed right now, because no one's working, you go outside, there's a calmness. They don't know that you can feel it. Okay, there's a calmness. Like there's just less noise because there's no cars. There's no human energy always like trying to go to the next place to do the next job there is a calmness well i go to uh, go for a walk at night time because of the same thing because there's a calmness and i can think and process my thoughts and plan my next day how am i going to do this how am i going to get new podcasters how can i increase it where am i going to go so i do my thinking on my walk because i can think better because there's less energy from other people around but when you're moving your blood's flowing into your brain so you can process information easier because you've got blood to your brain whereas if you sat down like this all day yeah the blood's just clotted you can't think and yeah it's true i find that if i don't walk even once a day and i try to go in like a lunchtime walk and an evening walk if i don't do at least the walk i'm in bed i just need to do something but when you walk your body's knackered so you can't be asked to do anything and so your brain naturally shuts down i mean that's just physical activity let alone mental activity i mean it literally goes hand in do much with their brain they do stuff with their brain it's stuff they already know they talk about things that they've already spoken about they talk about issues that have already happened so they're not working at new stuff it's just relaying old sounds in your head so your brain isn't doing anything you it's it's in action but it's doing stuff that's already happened it's like going to the gym lifting the same weight forever you're not going to get any big muscles you might as well not do anything you know what i mean <laughs> it's funny it's something you said just a minute ago it's something that I do, but I didn't realize I didn't put it into that context when you talked about energy, because I get my meals um, off times. Like most people go at, you know, I don't know, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock. Uh, they go to lunch at noon and then dinner. I'm always two, at least two hours behind because I don't like the hustle and bustle 
of like you said energy i didn't i never thought of it that way but uh yeah and it, and big concerts can't do it uh it's i i don't understand being crammed into a 80,000 capacity stadium and watching a little speck on a stage run around i'm a musician i'd rather be on the stage it drives me nuts to watch someone else do it in a small coffee shop i can it's no problem i can sit there and watch some guy play guitar and enjoy it a lot but yeah it's weird i never put it in the form of energy that's a great way to put it so for example the podcast i just did with somebody she was speaking about how she can't go to self-checkout tills because they malfunction because of her energy she has to go to an actual 21 my application for threats my brain had so much energy like 10 years worth of stuff that i hadn't hadn't it's been stored and i was supercharged and i could interfere i could go into a um a betting shop with a roulette machine i could put a pound on zero it would come in okay i could just go randomly in a shop and the zero would come in i could turn on my mac with my mind i turned off my tv it just would suddenly switch off i could make my tv click and lights flicker that's called telekinesis but that's all to do with energy so if you imagine the reason why you unconsciously go to lunch after the rush is because when everyone's there they're trying to get their lunch they've got to be back for two for example they're stressed they're whatever the boss is nagging them their energy vibration is like it's just so fucking hectic right it's intermittent there's a surge interference and you're an antenna so it's interfering with your antenna so when it calms down you go in and it's pure all the vibrations are just slow okay that's why you you always do it unconsciously as i said that's what's why energetically but that's why you do it unconsciously hence why the rock for example goes to the gym at four in the morning before everyone else goes in because his energy is his own as soon as everyone else starts to go in it's all the interference. It's like having lots of phones trying to connect to the Wi-Fi. You get a big signal when you just when you're just connected yourself. But when your mom and your dad and your fucking everyone else connects to it, you can't get anything. It slows your own phone's Wi-Fi down. That's the same with you being around other people. Your energy slowed down by other people in the room. Being there, but minutes before. You know what I mean? I'll go to the football match, go to the cinema, I'll watch the concert, I'll leave 15 minutes before. I miss the ending, but I leave before, I pay for my ticket before, I get in the car before, I'm out before. And if you are 15 minutes late, you're stuck in traffic, you're queuing up for the ticket, you're trying to get out the fucking hall, There's everyone's fucking everywhere, everyone's hooting their horn. It's a nightmare. Just by that difference. So it's that. So yes, it's all to do the energy. I feel like you're burying the lead a little bit, Oliver. Did you say you turned on things with your mind? Like your... Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Come no, on, man. No, no, no. No, it's a, it's a, no, no, no. Listen, it's a real thing. It's called telekinesis, right? I've for heard example, of it, yeah. Right. So the Egyptians, right? For example, no, for Stonehenge. Okay. Mm. I'm watching videos on YouTube now. How do they move the Stonehenge from Somerset, where it is, to from Wales? Well, everything has a vibration. They tuned into the, they found the vibration of the rock and they would make the same vibration in terms of sound. So they go, uh, like, to move, right? Okay. And so the rock could start to vibrate at the same frequency of the sound they were making and it could move it easier. Say, there's a guy on YouTube, he has little rocks on, on his little, stand he sits there for an hour in when i was ghost spirit came for me because i was lost 
and I needed someone. I had no friends. I wanted to believe that she was here. I was questioning ghosts, afterlife, reincarnation. Cut a long story short, my door flew open and I thought it was my grandma. Okay, it probably was just the wind or my dog walked past and I didn't see her. But the point is, it set me off to this. Oh, my God, grandma's here. The ghost is here. So every time I believed she was here, I'd go into a meditative mindset and I'd have to be quiet because if I was quiet, I could hear her knocking, moving something. Right. So I'd have to be in a quiet meditative mindset to hear in the loft banging or whatever, because ghosts always bang, they knock or whatever. The more I went into that meditative mindset, the more energy I was admitting. So I used to go to bed and I used to say, Grandma, if you're here, please turn on the Mac, my iMac. And I'd go into that meditative mindset and I'd hold that stillness until she turned on the Mac and then the Mac would charge up. And I could hold that charge, that the Mac being on for the length of time that I wanted to. So I'd, I'd focus, the Mac would come on. As soon as I observed the Mac, so when I said you observe a particle, it becomes a wave. In life, everything has an energy and it knows that someone else is focusing on it. It knows that there's another energy there. Like when you look at someone looking at you, you, just, you look exactly where they're looking at. How do you know? Well, you just feel the energy. And I used to hold that, that meditative mindset for as long as possible, then the Mac would turn off. But when I focused on the Mac, a.k.a. when the ghost knows you're watching him and expecting him to do something like knock or throw marbles, it doesn't. He only knocks and throws marbles when you don't. So it's that constant like you can never grab it. You grab the, the goalpost and it moves forward. Yeah. Um, so then the Mac would sort of turn off when I observed it. Now, if it wasn't grandma, which it wasn't, and it was me, which it was, I had the ability to create enough static charge from a meditative mindset to charge or create enough energy to power my Mac for that duration. So I had the ability to turn on my Mac. And when I said, Dad, come and sit down, watch. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It's like a psychic can always give you a reading. But if someone's waiting for him to give you the reading, you can't. It's like when they say, Paul, start singing right now. You, you can't do it. You just can't do it. Paul's comes in the kitchen and starts to sing. He's dominating the room with his energy. Now their energy isn't strong enough to put you down because you're in flow. They say, shut up, Paul, you can't sing. You start singing, you're dominating, and they step down. Whereas if everyone's sort of around you saying, go on, Paul, give us a song. If you're not in that mindset, you're not going to be able to. It's like saying Beyonce, start singing single ladies when she's like just woken up. You can't do it. It's like telling a stand-up comedian, tell me a joke. Uh, you're not in that mindset. You're not in flow, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, so, I do. Uh, I, and I agree with you about frequencies. Um you know, I'm a musician, so if you if you if if I play a song that's in a minor key, it's gonna be sad. Uh, and and those vibrations and the frequencies that that you're producing is gonna uh, make other people feel that melancholy. You know, uh, same thing with with songs in the in a major key it makes you feel happy. So yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I'm I, I'm still dipping my toe into you know energy i understand that when you get around some people you feel it and you get around other people that maybe are depressed or have going through something you you feel that as well and uh people that are in real conflict and don't feel comfortable in their own skin i feel that have you ever watched two dogs walk down the street and one of them will kind of smell the other one and then just either start fighting or just get along instantly 
just from the smell of the scent. It's pretty interesting. I think humans yeah. do that. <clears throat> yeah, it's true. Like our 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 fluids, our scent, whatever is. Just imagine that um, energy can control water. Yeah. So you focus positive energy, play Mozart to music, freeze it. You've got a nice crystal. If you play heavy metal rock, fuck you, I hate you, you kill yourself. It's a negative vibration. You freeze that. It's a deforms like fucking crystal, right? So it's the same thing. Their sweat, their their piss, whatever, is made up of their vibration, right? And you can sense that vibration as an energy. So if you sniff a dog's ass or sniff its wee, it's going to be positively charged or negatively charged. A negatively charged dog is someone who doesn't have to see much love from their parents, from the owners, or they treat it like shit. They're always telling it off or hitting it or saying, go outside or whatever. He's a depressed dog. So now he's on high alert for the owners hitting him or just say, get out the way. So now the dog comes and sniffs his ass. He's an autopilot. <coughs> Whereas a positive dog, have you noticed, right? There's certain cats that will always come up to you. It, it just comes up to you. And there's certain cats that you go up to the cat, it fucking legs it. How can that cat be so friendly? That cat's not. Well, it goes back to how much love that cat gets. That cat. Humans are going to give me love and attention. I'll go up to it. I get my belly rubbed. Whereas if you've got a cat, for example, or a dog that doesn't really get much love and it's always a pain in the ass and barking and shut up, will you? He's going to be depressed and negative and he's going to be like, my owner's going to hit me. So the dog comes up to him. <laughs> He's ready to bite off its head. It's, it's the same thing. Same thing. Yeah, I take a little, it's kind of similar, but a different slant to it. It's more of a Darwinian. Uh, I, I think that, let's say you meet a, a, a male or a female, whatever you're into, and, and you smell them. And it, it, it's almost like a primal thing. You know that if you were to uh, have children with them or, or want to be with them, you can smell that in them. And uh and it's the same with symmetry. I mean, we wonder why a society, a beautiful woman will let to the front of the line or a beautiful man is because as a species, we know that they have a better chance of survival. And uh, yeah, you watch this play out all the time. I mean, it's just interesting. And maybe it's vibration. I'm not sure what it is, but I see it happening. I, I love evolutionary psychology. I love watching people. So what you said is absolutely true. So first of all, you know how you said about um, the primal thing? the fear or not well mm. just imagine that as you said you need to be in harmony to attract so you need to be on the same frequency to attract and if you're not then you won't so if that dog sniffs that dog they will either feel like a harmonious connection or they won't so imagine harmony is two positives and somebody's not in harmony is say negative and positive it's not the same so i translated that into energy but you said it in terms of like fear and not or mating partner because you're in sync it all comes down to like that yin and yang thing where it's not you don't feel the same, whether it's energy or different fluids. So I agree with what you're saying, but I was saying in a different a different way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's a little more nuanced than than just positive and negative energy, because at different times of our life, we need different things from other mates. So let's say you're you're an older man, you're getting older, you you want uh, this is terrible to say, but most older men want young women or whatever, you know, but because they're childbearing years and they want to, you know, propagate. I get it. So. Um, so and also saying about symmetry, it's proven that people who are more symmetrical, better looking, have better genes. Right. 
and people yeah. who were like all fucking deformed and like their one eye is higher than the other and like they got bung like shitty buck teeth and like you know people with like a fucked up nose that's because the, their chromosomes aren't in harmony why because their parents who bred them weren't also in harmony either for example right. if you have like people who aren't in harmony and you and you mate your kid's going to be in harmony it's just the way it is right two black people mate you get a black kid white person black person mixed race kid chinese person you get the point so yeah these people who aren't symmetrical aren't good looking for example their cells aren't reproducible for example as you're saying it's a thing about reproducing um it just it, it's actually proven that people who don't aren't good looking have more disease and that their their genes are just sort of malfunctioned from the beginning it's almost like you have like say 32 chromosomes or whatever if your parent has 32 and your other one has 32 then you'll get 32 you're perfectly good looking good looking mum, good looking daughter type of thing right but if for example the dad had say i don't know 25 chromosomes and the mother had say 14 or whatever that kid's not going to have 32 times 32 which was what we should have it would have like i don't know a total of 31 or whatever so it's not going to be the same so imagine like our face is symmetrical you've got your mum half and your dad half you know 32 from your mum 32 from your dad well your eyes are going to be perfectly aligned your nose is going to be perfectly you know and your smile is going to be perfect whereas if one parent's got wrong chromosomes compared to the other then your face is going to be like fucked and and hence why they don't look good looking and they don't end up living for as long and you could say they eat a load of shit drink a load of shit smoke and drink which statistically they do, but they're trying to get that feeling of balancing themselves up to nature and being in harmony or being complete. Hence why a lot of these people do substances, because they're trying to get their energy up to, say, a harmonious level of nature, of oneness, which a good-looking person, fortunately, has, because they had parents who were at one or independent or completion. So what you're saying is absolutely right. I think it works both ways. If you've ever seen... A lot of people, uh, great people in our, our history have been, let's say, not good looking. And so like short guys will try to be rich, you know, to get a mate or they'll they'll come up with great ideas or whatever. So I, I don't know. You try to compensate, you know, to get uh, it might all boil down to trying to get a good mate. I don't know. Mate, maybe if your chromosomes don't, don't line up, you have to do a little more. I don't know. That sounds terrible. <laughs> no, but the thing is, right, think about this. How many good-looking guys go for good-looking girls and how many good-looking girls go for good-looking guys? All of them. How many really ugly people have a really ugly partner? And I'm thinking to myself, he's that, she's fucking ugly. Like, why do you like that? I look at him and it makes sense. So he sees symmetry of, say, his mother or his sister or his aunt or his cousin, the female side of the family, in that person. So is what is always known if his mum has a fucking eye like here and eye up there and a nose like that he's going to look for the same in a female because you always go for the mother it's just it's just what it is right so he goes to that person with a deformed eye well his mum's got a deformed eye so to him it's normal but to us it's like she's fucking ugly i thought to myself does he look at a good looking person and think wow she's good looking well, probably not. It's perception. It's like, what is good looking? What isn't good looking? It's symmetry. I'm used to matching up people based on what I've grown up. So my sister, her friends, my mum, her friends, if they're good looking, I'll go for a good looking person. So if this person who's got, say, a deformed face or whatever, has always only known 
family members with like teeth missing and because they don't brush their teeth and fucking like teeth apart falling out he's not going to know or have ever seen somebody with a great smile so when he sees somebody with a great smile it's not going to feel in harmony it's not going to feel symmetry he's it's going to feel uncomfortable it's going to be unfamiliar so he's naturally going to go for somebody with a rotted tooth hanging out because that's all that he's known so again does he look at the good looking girl and say she's good looking well it's like, does a sheep in America look at a sheep in Australia and be like, are we the same? Think about it. Sheep milk in Australia and sheep milk in America is different. Cow milk in England is different to cow milk in America. The grass in America is different to the grass in England. The beef tastes different. So they only know the cows in that field. Yeah. And the cows in the field over there only know those types of cows. So the people who are, say, deformed or whatever, haven't got the correct chromosomes, only know those types of people who also don't have correct chromosomes. So no, he probably doesn't look at good looking girl and think she's good looking because it's not good looking. The good looking girl to him is just the person who he sees as symmetrical. And we see other people are good looking because they are symmetrical to us. It's just, it's not the same. It's not like one or the other. That person's good looking, that one isn't. It's all circumstantial based on what you're used to. I think that has more to do, like I have ugly guy friends that try to get beautiful women and they fail miserably. And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with more, you know, some guys learn and some girls learn to just stay in their lane a little more. Like, I know that person's gorgeous, but I know I'm not in that, you know, I, I'm, I'm not in that category. I'm going to stay down here. And the reason why I think that is the case is because we all hold up. Uh, you look at movie stars, a lot of them are just so beautiful and gorgeous that everyone agrees. They're just, you just, they're mesmerizing. You can't stop looking at them. And uh, so, but I understand what you're saying about, you know, someone missing a tooth and they got that imprinted on them early on. And so they would be drawn to that. And I, I, I do think that is, is true to a certain Famous and around it and the hype around it and if you just walked past that say good looking actor in the streets that it wouldn't be as appealing it's almost like when you get given the keys to a ferrari and you know as soon as you grab them he's gonna go no 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 you can't afford it so it's like a dog when you hold up a treat in front of him if he knows you're teasing him he's not gonna look at it because he doesn't want to feel that disappointment of don't just fucking give it to me don't tease me like, i hold up a treat to my dog if he knows he's not supposed to have it, like if I hold up some chicken for my plate on a fork, he'll run across the room because he knows he's not going to have it. So if a deformed person without a tooth will pass a good looking person and is like, well, I'm never going to have her. He's just not going to look at her. But yeah. this fame thing could be the reason why we are looking at these people. So it's not just that they're good looking. It's I the fame. It's, part of it. it's yeah, it's, it's like a combination of everything else, not just the looks. Because a ugly person wouldn't sort of drool over that person because it's going to be like me holding a, a treat up to my dog. He doesn't want to see something he can't have. Well, and what would prove your point a little bit is when you get, say, like a Seth Rogen or something and you put him all of a sudden there's a whole faction of girls that want to be with Seth Rogen. I mean, no offense, Seth, Very but, true. you know, Very true. you're not a great looking guy. <laughs> that, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the alternative to what I'm saying. It's kind of like... Yeah. affirming what I'm saying by looking at it from that point of view and then flipping it and it's the opposite so it has to be right <laughs> yeah. it's true 
Yeah, I've noticed a difference in my life. I was really good looking as a young man and I was in bands and stuff. So I always had girls just, you know, throwing pussy at me left and right. And when I got older, though, I had to become interesting. I had to actually learn something to be able to talk to these women. And uh, it's a whole different ballgame. If you can't make that transition, it's very bad. I call it stripper syndrome. When you have these gorgeous women, they're strippers and uh, when they're young and they're guys are just throwing money at them and, you know, they'll do anything for them. And then they get older and they're dumb as rocks. They can't survive. You know, they, they lose their looks and and they don't have any intelligence to back it up. It's really sad. Do you find that um, people who who you are attracted to at your age were good looking when they were younger? So does the symmetry thing, even though everyone gets wrinkles and gets old and bags under their eyes, does the symmetry still stay there or does it change when you get older? Does that make sense? That's a really good question because I'm my fiance is someone that I met in eighth grade and uh, we've recent we're engaged now and uh, when I look at her I'm I'm equally in love with her mind and her physical appearance but like you said the wrinkles are there everything's there I mean she's the same age as well a year younger than me please don't kill me um, but yeah um, you you adjust a little bit I think. I mean, I had a, my, my previous wife was 14 years younger, you know, and that, I think that was just, you would call it vibrations, but it's the, the smell of new, a new person, you know? <laughs> so, so if somebody gets older, so if you look back at, I don't know what I'm trying to say, are people who you find attractive now, were they always good looking when they were younger? So, for example, you're poor 18. That person's good looking. That one isn't. So now when they get older, the ugly one isn't. She's still ugly. Uh, the good looking one's still good looking. So is, is it what you're used to seeing and you you just see through like the, the wrinkles? So you just you just want to say, yes, does a symmetry yeah, sort correct. of evolve? Uh, I think you're correct in the sense that they were usually good looking younger. And then as they grew older. But that's genetics, too. I mean, if you have good genetics, you're going to grow older a lot more graceful, uh, I believe. And you and also your hygiene, everything. I mean, you're going to take care of yourself. I find it fascinating when I look at an old lady, right, like a grandma, wrinkly. Right. And you can tell that she would have been a stunner in her younger days. And you look back to, say, younger picture. And I'm thinking, wow, if she was at school with me when I was younger, I would have fancied her. And I'm like, well, how can you go from that to that? But it's fascinating because. It's just, it's just fascinating to see that that old person with wrinkles, which you might be like, or oh, wrinkly, ugly, whatever, was just like your girlfriend when she was younger or the person you used to fancy when they were younger. It's just fascinating that you can go from that, like a beautiful tree can suddenly become rotted or some beautiful petals can just like sort of flop and deform. And then we're thinking to myself, well, if I'm thinking that about you, I'm no different. I'm going to be like that. So does that mean everyone's going to think I'm fucking ugly when I get older because of my wrinkles? So the answer is yes. It's subjective. Uh, it's not like I'm the younger people it. will. Yeah. But uh, uh, what's strange when you were talking about that uh, woman that's got wrinkles now, but she was beautiful when she was younger, is that in her mind now, she's still that beautiful person until she looks in a mirror. I'm the same way. Yeah, I look in a mirror and go, who the fuck is this old fuck, you know? Yeah, it's like my dad. My dad used to be a boxer, and he suddenly thinks he can just get in the ring because in his mind he goes back to when he was in the ring. But as soon as he gets in there, he's not the same movement, flexibility. He gets punched in the head. He's slow. He's, it's not the same. So our mind stays the same, and our body changes. Um, and you sort of think you're still that person. Hence, why you look at young girls, thinking 
they're looking at you when you were 18 and they're thinking fuck off old man i'm like fuck yep. stop looking at 18 year old <laughs> kids they're not i'm not fucking 18 year anymore and <laughs> yeah. yes hey you brought up something i don't know if it was just you mentioning the word tree but i heard something you say something you had a theory about um this is not the first time on this planet we've and i wanted to see if you would expound on it a little bit uh that uh this may be we may have done this many many times before well you think about how quickly we've evolved in technology like 20 years the computer internet phones everything tv it's all happened in like 20 years yeah and obviously the earth's been around for millions of years we want to go to space we pretty much go into space. Then we go to Mars and shit like that. So let's just say that um, people have always said there's been aliens, right? And you go back in time and people have drawn like alien images on rocks and stuff like the Egyptians. It's like, well, either that was a fantasy or something round was flying up there. So you think about different countries. China's going to the moon. America's going to the moon. There's like we're not there's so much stuff going on that we don't even see. Like China's got all this technology which we don't know about. So we're not all aligned just because we, we can see it all online. There's different people, different countries doing different stuff, different cures for cancers over there. And no one's got cures here. So just imagine years ago before cars and trains and travel, you'd have small tribes just doing their bit. What happens if one tribe, for example, call it in Canada, was creating a space thing and then people in China or all the way over there? didn't see any of that for thousands of years later or they suddenly saw a flying thing which somebody in another part of the earth call it canada made so all these things that were there we could have seen and and there's been proofs that there's been technology found deep in the ocean and stuff like that many 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 years ago the pyramids and stuff how did they move it without a tractor and how we're trying to go to space and now they believe there's aliens and then let's just say global warming wipes us all out and then Elon Musk goes to Mars, right, because he's got all the money. Well, let's just say that there's aliens, okay, it's essentially the Elon Musk version of the past. They go to space. Earth wipes themselves out because of how we're treating it, right? It's, it seems like it could be the same pattern, how Elon, the alien is essentially Elon Musk in the past. We get too smart, we do all this shit, and then we wipe ourselves out, and the ones in space survive. And then the aliens come back down and see what we're doing. Elon Musk come back, comes back down and says, you dumb idiots, this is going to happen if you don't do this. What did you expect? It, and, and then, it, and like the Egyptians, like writing stuff on the wall, like the round disc and stuff. That could be the old version of a plane. Like, plane has wings, it goes forward. Drones are now just sort of floating, like helicopters. So the round thing is essentially essentially a drone and you look about how we've evolved so quick and how there's patterns of this has all happened before and how half of the world is underground it's like where are all the cities and and ancient cities they're all underwater there's now a pyramid being defrosted in antarctica for example right there's a pyramid that's suddenly becoming up because it's all melting which means wow if that is there just imagine how much stuff is underwater and frozen. You think about how many humans that have existed, all the dinosaurs and animals. Well, where are they? We don't just come across loads of humans, do we? So, so where are they? We've got cemeteries and tombstones. But where are the other millions and millions of humans? Well, they have to be underwater. Think about tsunami in Thailand, California, New York. They all say it's going to be underwater. 
So what happens to all these buildings, Trump Tower? It becomes underwater. Mountains. They say everything was underwater once upon a time. So essentially, New York City is equivalent to an ancient city that's going to be underwater. And because the water all comes from the Earth anyway, if it comes, if it goes here, it takes it from over there. Right. It's a balance, yin and the yang. So now the earth is going to suddenly dry up and you're going to be left with like ancient civilizations of everything whilst land where we are now becomes underwater. And think about animals. When there's a storm, they migrate. When it starts to get cold, they migrate. We're the only animals that fucking stay where we are. Like, so what did you expect? Like, it's going to get rainy and sunny and stormy because that's just what happens. The temperature and everything just goes around. So when I'm thinking about how quickly we've evolved and how we're fucking off the space and how there's floods and fucking flu and shit like that. What's to say that there wasn't a f- humans can literally wipe themselves out for flooding, flu at any point. And this is a fine example of how quickly humans can just suddenly disappear and how quickly they can become alive. And you reflect that to the past and you think, wow, pyramids and everything else. They're so smart. They had pyramids in different parts of the world, in loads of different countries at the same kind of geometric place in alignment with the stars and stuff. Like, how did they do that? As far as we know, they didn't have cars. So how do you get from Mexico to, you know, whatever? But it that's based on what we know now, that you can only travel with a car. There could have been so much more. For example, boats are made out of wood. They could have made some kind of car out of wood. And obviously wood becomes earth and soil. So there's no proof that this car made from wood ever existed. Like trees, they just grow and then they become earth. So we don't, there's, I just, it's, it's, it's just amazing when you think about what's happening now how quickly we've evolved and you look back at past things link them together it's like the flu wipes us out global warming wipes us out we fuck off the space and that space person is elon musk but in terms of the next generation you know what i mean i can yeah i can totally wrap my head around it i guess what i was trying to think in that scenario is you know let's say two billion years ago uh, let's say the earth was populated by something else would, would it be a different species? Would it be conscious as, as far as we know what consciousness is? Or would it be just another species that dominated the globe at that time? And then I see what you're saying. Like everything just kind of renews itself. Uh, yeah, I can I can wrap my head around that. I was just trying to figure out you know, the details of it and you know, where you were going with it. But yeah, I understand it. Uh, did you ever see Prometheus, the movie? No, 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 no. Uh, I don't know what that is. It's basically just about, uh, you know, aliens coming to our planet and putting in the seeds of, you know, uh, DNA engineering. And then, you know, poof, we're here you know, millions of years later and they just go around the galaxy doing that. But um, I don't know. I, I just I love um, theories. I love thinking about those things. I thought, I thought it was kind of interesting. You were talking to some other guest about it. I just think like how um, we, we can clone animals, right? We can essentially get a zebra to, to mate with a fucking horse, a lion with a tiger, a pet, a Jack Russell with a Shih Tzu, right? Like they're trying to like, you know, take David Beckham's genes, for example, right? Can you take genes of a celebrity like a designer baby? Yeah. If, for example, that is possible, which technically it should be possible. What's stopping Elon Musk knowing all this, go into space, knowing that we're going to wipe ourselves out, global warming, whatever. And he's got the tools and the knowledge and the lab stuff in space in his little spaceship. And he's doing all this and he's creating like a human that is 
superhuman basically with all this knowledge and he puts it back down in, on earth almost like jesus walking amongst all of us now thinking you dumb fuck why did you do that right essentially it's me walking around new york city seeing everyone rushing and pacing and they're depressed and i'm seeing that you've got disease you don't know about it you're stressed your boss is you'll be you've been abused as a child i'm seeing through all this bollocks right what's stopping elon musk doing that and essentially being this alien conspiracy coming down to earth programming controlling everything you see how one person like a government can influence people's minds what is stopping somebody who's so knowledgeable like me for example teaching a load of people you teach a load of people teach a load of people all of a sudden you've got like people following my belief like a religion okay everyone believes in a religion jesus was so influential that people started to believe him for example it's no different to elon musk taking all of his knowledge and lab stuff like clones sheep whatever and then he's up there and he's so superhuman he's on a ketogenic diet he's got a lot of oxygen so he outlives the average 90 year old person because there's been monks that have been proven to live to like two three four hundred years old in the right circumstances and aging is simply man-made based on how we feel and what we eat and what we drink and that wrinkles are just like a plant not having enough water and that's why we like sort of wrinkle up um he, he could easily know all this. And then in years to come, when we wipe ourselves out, he starts putting a, a version of himself. He teaches this person, this new designer baby, all of his knowledge. And he comes down, gets into government. It's a power, for example, like America. And then everyone follows the American way of life. That is a real situation. Whether it's true or not, who the fuck knows? And whether we are just repeating cycles like bitcoin goes up and it goes down the financial crisis hi i'm william devane did you know that there's going to be the next financial crisis you know that advert you should buy gold now invest in gold (laughs) you know like i thought okay how can the financial crisis suddenly collapse if money is making money but then i didn't understand this situation where a nature a natural thing can happen and it crumbles so this fucker william devane was right after fox news there's always this advert you know the last financial crisis was 10 years ago it is soon approaching i'm thinking bollocks man you're trying to see a fucking coin yeah he was right fuck me he was right but i I didn't think about it in the way that i i was thinking about it like you know if you keep investing money's going to be made i don't think about what happens when fucking godzilla comes down and crumples all the buildings i think (laughs) so again everything comes back around the forest grows it sets a light and it burns it goes to the ground new trees are grown it's the cycle of life so i don't know i think humans have just done this all before i have a different spin on it i think that um i've been in technology for 25 years and i i think it's going to be advanced ai that's going to take us all out uh, just because if you think about it if, and we're get, we're getting close to it probably the next 20 years maybe less it's going to be like a child, uh, excuse me, a, a, a adult trapped in a cage trying to tell a billion five-year-olds how to do things in a cage. And that's if we can keep it in the cage. Uh, I mean, because advanced AI is going to look at us like children, like we're stupid, you know. So I, I my scenario is a little bit different. So I, I wrote a book, right, um, um, about three years ago. It's called How to Survive the 21st Century. It's on Amazon and it's like three pound, right? Um, and in there, one of the one of the chapters was, well, it's called How to Survive the 21st Century. We're going to wipe humans. I believe humans will be extinct by 2012120. 
in about 100, 120 years. Why? Things like flu, antibiotics. We're all taking antibiotics. We're going to become prone to it, uh, numb to it. So our body's not going to respond anymore. OK, we're all going to be gay and lesbian. So no one's breeding. AI is going to take over everything. So our brains aren't going to be stimulated. So let's just say that we've only evolved to diets at 80 years old because our brains are active and our body gets wrinkly at, say, 50 leaky gut our penis starts to dribble after you know we start to our body starts to break down our eyesight goes up like 40 50 years old right but we die at like say 80 because our brains have been stimulated and years ago we used to die at say 30 years old for example because there was just nothing to do that's why a lot of animals sort of just breed and then they die because essentially the brain is the power and if the brain's stimulated you'll keep going hence why they say keep your brain active and you'll live longer so you've got the gay and lesbian, the flu, the antibiotics, the global warming, whether it's man-made or not, we are getting flooded. We're getting too hot. It's too cold. We're relying on everyone to bring our food. What happens when the Walmart trucks can't drive on the tarmac because it's melted? What happens then? We kill each other. We fight over the toilet roll. So you look at all this stuff and you realise, wow, these are all real reasons that could literally not wipe all humans out, but humanity as we know. Like you'll have a few people left in Arizona trading hay for a carrot and you know like small small tribes right but majority of humans will just be gone you think about how India how the coronavirus could literally wipe out the whole of the city of Mumbai because they're all so close together just like that so many people could literally die think about America how many people have got it and you think about India they've fucking got like six times more people so without flu jabs and like, you know, antibiotics, you can see how nature can quickly reverse everything. Um, what was the question? What were we going with this? Uh, I was just talking about AI and you were oh, talking yeah. about the book that, that you wrote. So my dad has a theory that um, we're all going to get a third eye, not the spiritually awakened third eye, the third eye. So when you're driving, you can look at your phone whilst your other two eyes are looking ahead. But we're all like on our phone. So our posture has gone from an ape on all fours standing upright to doing that again so we're all sitting on chairs our posture is awful we're looking down at our phones our spine is going to start to do that like an old man and eventually we're going to be on all fours walking again we're going to be on all fours right walking because our posture shit and we're constantly looking down it's true it's true it's an <laughs> we're interesting gonna, idea we're going to become <laughs> chimps again we're going to evolve to apes on all fours well, think about it. We already use uh, prosthetics and other things. And, and you know, uh, it, it, basically a, an iPhone is a prosthetic as well. I mean, so I think, you know, Elon, Elon Musk is working on that neural link. I, I think that we're running on old hardware that we can't upgrade, even if we upgrade our software. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to be like a cyborg situation, but I think that we've kind of hit our limits as far as using, you know, our old hardware. I think we're going to, and we're already developing um software and and coding that we don't even understand that can learn um and, and that's scary and dangerous uh, if you think about a self-driving car it had it it doesn't know the difference between avoiding a crash and killing two nuns on the right side or eight school children on the left we it needs to figure out morality it needs to figure out you know what's what's worse and we're trying to do that now, but we all can't agree on morality and what that is as humans. It's almost like, OK, you know, for example, um, 
um cctv so cameras in every city right facial recognition so pick up a terrorist person because you recognize he's there it comes up saying this is Mohammed. he's from whatever yeah so let's just say you've got two nuns on the right three kids on the left there'll be ai for example to say okay this person's fat or this person's 80 years old he's not got long left this person's a young mother she's got 60 years left choose the person who's less likely to uh, choose the person who um is the oldest for example right that's that's a real realistic of a program if you can sort of pick up people's face recognition pick up this person because i don't know he's fatter he'll bounce off it and survive whereas this skinny person their bones will shatter that is a real situation and you know whether it gets put into cars or not you can see how it literally will start to choose and select like who to destroy first like i think when a country's going to start fighting with robots where you've got a robot with like unlimited supply of bullets going into like a school or a, a field or whatever and just firing all this stuff and you try and take that machine down like the police start shooting it but it's metal and this metal thing has got a gun and it's just firing away everywhere and you can't take it down that is a like what the fuck happens then you know what i mean right you could just well, put we... that robot into new york and it'll kill everyone you can't take it down and and what's strange is we already do these things that uh, like like machines. In other words, the respirator, respirators, I think it was in Italy, they ran out of them. And so they were literally having to decide who lives and dies. So we're already doing these things as humans, but we outsource everything to, to, to code and to mechanics and to automation. So we're, we're already starting to do that now. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, interesting to see where it takes us because we're having to teach machines morality when we haven't even decided on it. The problem is, is you know, governments are going to have a big rush to be able to control uh, uh, what we say and what we do and what we think. Uh, uh, bots already do it in Facebook, and you're already being controlled. Most of most people, they just don't even know it or they don't care either one. Um, but it's just going to get even more intrusive. And, and once we can figure out how to do that uh, effectively, and they will, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, people like you and me or people that question things are going to become really important. Uh, I think to myself, you see how we are sort of understanding our evolution and and making things better and getting bored and moving on to the next. Well, I think, what was that chimp doing when he was reaching up for that fruit and he suddenly thinks, do you know what? I'm bored of fruit. I want a fish. And then he goes to the stream, he catches the fish and he thinks, what have I got a stick? I could get two in one go. And then he gets that and he's like, well, what if I can get three? What if I can um, set up a net to catch 10? And he's and everyone's thinking the same thing. I don't like being in the cold. Let's make a cave. Let's make a cave that the door shuts by a rock or whatever. Let's make a fire. How can I make a fire automatically? So you get a stick that is sort of moving itself. I, if, if they were all thinking the same thing about evolution, like, and we're doing the same thing now. Our evolution is technology and stuff, but the evolution of a chimp or a caveman, whatever, I wonder what that would have been. Like, I wonder if we can build this boat to get there a little bit quicker. It seems like everyone is always evolving. And yeah, as you said, we have reached the end. Every animal's point is to just survive. We've we've survived. We've got too much fucking food and shit. So now we're right. bored. Now we're sort of just right. sort of just creating anything and everything just because we can. Um but yeah. wouldn't the yin and yang to that be, at least in my mind, uh, is it, it, distraction versus meditation? In other words, 
to be able to sit down and be happy and whole and 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 see thoughts as just thoughts and things around you as just things and it would be almost be the id to what you're saying about the monkey wanting to fish and then a place to you know shelter and then fire and stuff like that to just be um some some tribes are are born to to get ready for death their whole lives and i think that's really interesting so like, like the Tourette's, the more I thought about stuff, the more I thought about stuff, because essentially that's not a thought or a voice. It's just a neuron firing up, firing up other neurons, firing up other neurons, firing up other neurons. So the more you think, the more you think. Elon Musk said on Joe Rogan, he drives himself crazy. He can't sleep because he's got all these fucking ideas. He's like, oh, I've gone to the I've gone to Mars. Now let's go Pluto. Let's make a thing <laughs> underground to go from L.A. Let's make a fucking um, a, a sky motorway. It doesn't end. It doesn't end. And what's worse is if you've got money and power to make it happen, well, the rest of humanity suffers because now we start thinking like that because this evolved human starts thinking like that. But it's true. Meditation or brain activity, there's no in between. For example, I'm an entrepreneur. My brain is full of ideas. I created the concept of Facebook, Instagram, Alexa way before anyone else did. But I didn't have enough money. I didn't have people. I was making so Facebook and Instagram and I was paying my friends to do it. And then a few years later, whatever this happens, I said to my mum, wouldn't it be great if when you run out of of, say, spray or shampoo in the bathroom, you say, oh, rather than I saw her going downstairs to write it on the shopping list. I'm talking like 15 years ago. Right. Wouldn't it be great to sort of write it down on the shopping list and it ends up on the shopping list downstairs? That's the same as iCloud and notes. Alexa, add this to the shopping list and you go downstairs. It's already there. Again, I was always speaking the future. I've always seen the future. Um, so I'm gonna go with this. How do you how do you calm that mind though? So, you yeah, have that, to have something. That was it. Right. So my brain was Tourette's twitching because twitching is essentially the brain stimulating other face muscles. I stopped all my thoughts and I meditated for days and days and days and days and days. I remember, yeah, I used to come down at 11 o'clock at night time for midnight snack, and I used to be in the kitchen listening to see if my grandma was there, to see noises. Four hours would pass where I've just stood in the kitchen, aware, waiting for a knock or the marble to be thrown. So really, that was four hours of meditation every single night, a.k.a. me waiting for my grandma. So that I slowed my brain down so much that my neurons forgot what it was like to fire up to the point where I was thinking about ideas, I'd get tired. It's almost like when you go to the gym and you stop, you're tired. You got to get back into it. Now, the more I start to think, the more I start to think podcasts. How can I expand? How can I do this? So, yeah, it's very important for me. Like you said, for you, if you don't meditate, you'll drive yourself crazy because yes. people who work for someone, they are command that they're in command mode. They don't they're not thinking. They're just following. Their brain is inactive. An active entrepreneur is always thinking, always creating. There's no in between. So it's important for me to always meditate or when I start thinking about stuff to realize I don't need to think about that and then meditate just to keep me grounded. So I'd always be on, say, number 100, power 100. OK, then I meditate to zero. Now I go up to, say, three, four on my walk and I go back down to zero. Now I go up to, say, 10, 11, 12 on my podcast and I go back down. Whereas before it would just be continuously. I'd be take three hours to get to sleep and I'd be waking up during the night. And yeah. I, so now it's very important for me that when I start thinking, I only think about what's necessary and I shut my brain down. Otherwise, I will fucking go schizophrenic. <laughs> well, I have the same mind. And my son is five. And I started 
teaching him meditation around four years old. And it's amazing watching him do it. You know, he sits there and listens to his breath and he, he just focuses on his breath. I don't know why we don't teach these things in school because everything around us is just fighting for our time and attention. The phone, everything, shows, you know, and we're like, yeah, we're just running from one thing to the next and, and our thoughts are physically doing it. And it's so nice to just be able to shut everything down. Like you said, think about what's important. What can I affect right now? What can I do right now? This is the thing, right? As you know, the system is set up where you go to school, you go to university, you get a profession, and you work for an institution, right? Because any institutions need somebody with a qualification, otherwise they're going to have a fucking retard doing something, right? (laughs) If everyone was aware, as we said about the psychedelics, that wouldn't exist. So if you found real solutions, taught people how to make a business, taught them spiritual spiritual awareness in school, didn't teach them fucking whether God exists or history, King Henry VIII, algebra. Yes, they don't need that, but everyone would know what we know and life wouldn't be as it is. Governments can't manage people. No one would work for companies. No one would have a Ferrari because he can only get a Ferrari because it's 200 grand because he's now getting so much more money from employees making him that money. Nothing would work out. And I realized that you can't change the system because it's how society is structured. But I believe that any mental problem, okay, dementia, Asperger's, autism, ADHD, OCD, Tourette's, all of the labels given to a mental health issue, depression, anxiety, they are all cured by meditation. Okay, think about it. Medication provides a solution. Okay, but it's meditation that is the reason. Meditation is the the permanent solution to the problem. As I said, I was on medication for Tourette's for 10 years. It suppressed my brain activity. The twitching was less. Oh, he's not twitching. It works. I didn't take the medication. Twitching again. Brain activity has got all the power. Meditation cured it completely where I wasn't even blinking. I blink and stuff because my brain's active. But when I'm not thinking, I'm meditation. I literally am like Madame Two Swords in London. You know, you can just stand there still. I can be still where you wouldn't even realize I was I was alive. Okay, when I'm in a deep meditation mode, every um, OCD, the inability to control your your inability to um, it's, it's nerve compulsions, your inability to control your compulsions, OCD, Tourette's, brain activity, using facial muscles to process information. The, the, the swearing, it's a frustration in your head. Asperger's, a level of intelligence where you're working stuff out in your head and autism, but you can't communicate to other people, right? ADHD, lots of energy, brain activity, can't calm himself, ADD, just an extended version of ADHD. Okay, dementia, you know, Parkinson's. Robin Williams died of um, Parkinson's, which is different to dementia. Parkinson's, no, it's not Parkinson's. It's um, autism, no, Parkinson's. Anyway, Parkinson's. It's like where the brain has deteriorated, so it can't, it can't repair itself. Whereas dementia, it's almost like you've not used your brain enough that it has started to give up, right? Mm-hmm. Different levels of brain deterioration. So Parkinson's. You fucked. He used a lot of energy, Robin Williams, and he killed himself, right? I know if I didn't meditate, I'd be getting Parkinson's like Robin Williams did. But now I go up and I meditate. I've, I've, I've killed myself, basically. But then you look at dementia. These people often work for somebody. They're dependent on the husband. They don't do anything. They're waiting for somebody else to do something or tell them to do something. That's, you know, dementia or Alzheimer's, whatever. So you can reverse that. Everything is is cured 
by meditation and all problems in the brain can be fixed by meditation. And I am an experienced and living proof of that. But again, as you said, help the five people around you, help your son, help his friend, help your uncles, whatever, because you can change that people. You can't just change the world. Governments, what are they teaching this? It's just not how it works. It, it just isn't how it works. I agree. And I have friends give me shit about med- meditation and they say it's not real. And I, I show them a video <laughs> of a, a Buddhist monk setting himself on fire without screaming. I go, that that's meditation right there. You, I mean, you can actually not choose to feel pain. And Absolutely that is great. amazing. Yeah, oh, it's great. So there's somebody called Darren Brown. He's an English um, magician, whatever. Right. Um, you know, David Blaine, he put this um, like, say, kebab stick, like a, a metal stick through himself with Ricky Gervais. Google it after Ricky Gervais, David Blaine um, stick through the arm. He, David Blaine put a sharp stick through his bicep. He got into a meditative state. He's not just sort of be like, hey, Ricky, come here. Watch this. He's been in a meditative trance. That's why he speaks really slow. David Blaine, he always speaks slow. He's in a meditative state. I oh, need to pick a jack of cards. I oh, need to stay there. I do. We need to look at the cards, right? He's in a meditative state. The Aaron Brown, this magician person, he hypnotized this person and then he put a pin through their finger or put a pin through the hand and they couldn't feel it. There was no blood. Okay. He couldn't, they couldn't feel it. And we saw it go through the hand. So if you can put a pin through someone's hand through hypnosis, which is controlling the state of the mind, that can be done through meditation, which means meditation can stop you feeling cold, heat and pain. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100 uh, percent. It, it's a it's a practice, though. People think you can just turn it on like a light switch. It has to be. Right. It, it, it's almost like going to the gym it, it, you know when you first go to the gym you just it's like oh shit i can't do this and then you realize over time you keeps getting stronger and stronger it's the same thing with controlling your mind and i i didn't realize how little control i had over my mind and until i started practicing medita- meditation and i couldn't get to 10 breaths without something take hijacking my mind and you know this from Absolutely. you know and and after a while, it, you just keep getting better and better and better. And you can use it at different moments. Someone can cut me off in traffic. And I, right then I have the choice. I can get mad or I can let it go. And and it it, it, I would, it would ruin my day, you know, back 10, 15 years ago. I, this is the thing. Right? People say they can't meditate because they're told not to think. And then when they're meditating for the first time, they start thinking, oh, it doesn't work. I can't do it. No, 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 no. That is meditation, resisting the urge to think. So the next day, it's easier. It's like if you go to the gym and you lift five weights, then you're going to lift five weights. If you lift six, you lift six. If you lift seven, you lift seven. It's the reverse. If you lift seven weights and then you lift six and then you lift five and then you lift four, you can't suddenly lift seven again. When you don't think, your brain starts to relax. And when you think, you sort of build up brain activity to think about other things. So that is meditation. And I remember when I first started to meditate, I had thoughts coming in my head every fucking second, right? And yeah. you sort of think to yourself, I'll just think about this thing and then I won't think about the next. Like one more cigarette, then I'll quit. One more pack of crisps, <laughs> then I'll quit. Uh, and another beer and then I'll stop. Well, you only stop when you don't say one more beer, one more cigarette, one more pack of crisps. Okay, that is when your brain starts to realize from the second you say no, 
next time you've had that gap, that change. Rather than a fag every five minutes, you have another fag for, say, 20 minutes. And now that 20 minutes is that crucial difference between having four fags in 20 minutes or having a fag every five, right? So that's the same for meditation. Every time a thought came into my head, I get it. I remember doing this. I had to physically make a noise to distract myself. And then I did. And then eventually I would, I would stop thinking or I would forget what I was thinking about. So I had to distract myself. I'd have to read something like I'd suddenly read the newspaper or read a book. Or if I, if I was having a shit, I'd read the shampoo bottle and see the ingredients. And now I'd forget what I was thinking about. And if you keep thinking about thoughts as they come into your head, you're going to keep thinking about it. And because it's a need to stop thinking, you'll think, OK, if I think about that now, then I'll stop thinking. No, it's the opposite. You've got to block out those thoughts. Like, fuck you. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Eventually, you will do that less. You'll do that more, more, more throughout the day. You will process less thoughts in the next day. You'll have less energy to process those thoughts. Let's say in a day we think about 5,000 things and we process them. If you meditate for 10 minutes, you'd have, say, 200 thoughts that you say no to. Now the next day, your brain's only got the enough energy to process 4,800 thoughts. And then again, you sit down for 10 minutes, you stop 200 thoughts. The next day, 4,600 thoughts. Eventually, you go down to zero, as I did, where I could meditate for hours and hours and hours where there was no thoughts coming into my head. I was on like an automation of of blocking thoughts or I just wouldn't even get the thoughts anymore because my brain was automatically funneling and filtering out things before they came into my head. So there was just no thoughts. It was just pure awareness of just that's Dave. Dave looks tired. Dave, what's wrong with you? I'm hungry. And you're just in control of your brain for the first time. That's an interesting way to put it. My, my mind was a little bit different. I felt like I was underwater and I could see, look up and see everything going on. And every once in a while, like a thought would come down into the water and I could hold it like an object and look at it like l- almost like a, a cup, look all the way around it and then wonder, you know, what, why, why did this cup come to me and start asking questions and not be just engrossed in the cup thought I could look around the cup and wonder why it came to me and start looking almost like a forest. You can back away from it and look at the forest instead of being in, in the forest or whatever. Yeah. But that, it's that's awesome. called you, but that's because that's called you becoming aware of you rather than you yep. just being in that motion of doing this, letting the dog out, going to work, you know, and going for a fag, going for a drink, you're becoming aware of, okay, do I need this drink? Do I need this fag? I just had a shit. Why do I need to shit twice? I just had a whack. Why am I having another one? You become aware, like looking at that, as you said, that that cup from within. Yeah. And now you can choose how to react and what things to do. Like, Paul, I just had a fag. I do not need another one. And you can, can choose when you do stuff. And that is meditation. That, oh, yeah. that is, that's the process of not being able to stop thinking. But it's working. It's like going to the gym. Every time you increase the weight, you will increase. You now can lift more next time. I don't think you can just suddenly lift fucking four kilograms after lifting one. It's just not how it works. I agree. And a lot of times it's the scenario where I'll start to get angry and I realize I haven't eaten in a while or I didn't sleep too well last night. And I start going, bringing in all these factors and I have an understanding. It's okay to be upset, but to understand why you're upset is very important. You know, um, it helps in relationships, that's for sure. And working with my boss, you know, these guys, 
I, I've got this job where I work like two hours a month. I've been there almost 20 years and I just have everything working just in harmony to where I can I have time to do things that I want to do. You know what I mean? It's awesome. The thing about relationship things, it's so true. How many men, the wife nags at them and then they just think, oh, she's always nagging and just they keep doing the same thing again. Like just something simple like, you know, toilet seat being left up. It's that pattern of just program. And then you suddenly become aware when she says, Paul, can you stop leaving the toilet seat up? You think, OK, fair point. I've got respect to her views. We live in the house together. We need to be in harmony. What's stopping me from putting it down? Is it ignorance? Am I forgetting? I'll make an effort. You put it down and now she realises, oh, he puts the toilet seat down. You become aware of your thoughts and what you're doing or not doing and the actions and the consequences it has. And now she ends up giving you more sex because you've respected her. And so this is why so many couples and relationships, no one's shagging anymore. Everyone's getting divorced. Everyone's arguing because it just becomes this our oh, fucking wife nagging and he's not changing. Everyone's becoming out of harmony because they're not aware of their thoughts and their actions and how it's creating. And it has an impact on the kids as well. It, it's a fun, it's a domino effect. It's very simple. Just become aware of your thoughts and how they are affecting others. And you will become in harmony. You become out losing, of harmony. You become in yes. harmony. Losing the ego. I think that 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 once you search for your ego during meditation and you notice you can't find it, then when you talk about, you know, what does it hurt putting the seat down after? You know, you, you start thinking these things through and you think it's not about ego and being right. It's just about the process of life and everybody's trying to get through it. If you look at someone cutting you off in traffic and you realize at some point they're going to lose everyone they've loved and, and at some point they're going to die alone, then it's hard to look. Or you look at them as a four-year-old child. At one point, they were, you know, they were not a bad yeah. person. You're just not born an asshole. You know? Yeah, like – like they, they've got shit going on in their life and um, you hooting back <clears throat> isn't going to help the situation. That's called right. fueling the fire. So just say, OK, he's obviously got shit going on. OK, we've all got shit going on. He lost the parent. His wife's got cancer, whatever. You have to embrace that fucking mad prick coming past you. He could almost kill you. But I mean, you're not going to help it by hooting him, for example. Um, and um, I think that people it becomes to the point where. The wife will nag them and it's don't tell me what to do and you leave it up even more. It's almost like don't tell me what to do. So you do it more. And it's like you, right. she's only telling you what to do because you're not respecting. It's not the toilet seat. It's the respect thing, you know, and then people keep doing it. And then it becomes a game of don't tell me what to do. And you know, she's always nagging me. And it's like you're supposed to be in love. What's the fucking point of living together if you're not in love? Like, miserable and, it, all the time. Yeah. and now you're doing the opposite because you're being told what to do and they say somebody told me once if you start mothering your husband you'll stop having sex because you don't fuck your mother right, right. you don't fuck your mother you don't if the wife starts cleaning up after you and doing stuff you're gonna stop having sex because you don't fuck your mother you've got to have your individual roles and be responsible um yeah take, take care of your own shit uh yeah the uh it, you know, that train of thought brought me to thinking about our penal system and how we, you know, we have all these broken people and we're not really doing a good job as a society of uh, counseling these people, maybe get into meditation, teaching them how to meditate. You know, we're, um, there was a guy in Austin, Texas that was up on a bell tower and he was shooting people and, and he was an ex-Marine. And before he died, he wrote out, uh, you know, there's something wrong with me. And he wanted to 
the post mortem, you know, to to have them find out what was wrong with him. They they found a huge tumor in his brain, so that made me start thinking, you know, uh, you know, is this are all these people that are doing bad things? Are they, you know, genetically predisposed to do that? Are they just, you know, is it? part of their environment, you know, but, you know, we're just putting them in cages a lot of times for nonviolent crimes. So we, it's almost an industry now. So it just seems like, um, yeah, we have a lot of broken people that we're just kind of putting in cages. We're not helping them. I think it's a mixture of everything. For example, I can choose to pick up a gun and shoot people, but if I had a tumor, which was kind of overlapping my inability to make judgment, like medication, for example, if it suppresses part of the brain and stop the twitching, it can um, kind of take control of my inability to be rational or, or have judgment. So, yes, again, because of the tumour, I could then go and treat people. It, it's both. People are aware of what they know and they take action in a good or bad way. But at the same time, it could be simple things like a tumour or genetic. It, it's a bit a bit of both. Um, people who can't yeah, help see, themselves... I don't know if I believe in free will. I think that and I also don't believe in destiny, I, I, but it's more deterministic than that. I think that people that were born genetically to be more violent tend to be more violent. And so I, I don't it's hard for me to blame people for being that way. We use them in wars all the time, you know, especially poor people. We'll, we'll take people and we'll throw them out on the front lines. You, you, you're a you're a badass. I want you to go fight those people for me. You know, so I, I don't know. I'm having a hard time struggling with it. I don't um, really believe in free will. Are you okay for time? Uh, yeah, I, my legs are falling asleep. Let me stand up for just a minute. I, I, I need ah. to go to the toilet. Okay, give me five minutes. Give me two minutes, okay? Let me go to the toilet quick. Same. Yeah, same, same. Right. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. I, I won't. I'm going to get some coffee, too. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, guys. Just me, just me. My pee is being recorded. That would be interesting. Now you can take, let me tell him he's using my vitamin B. Complex. Wash your hands. I'm still. I know. Yeah. I'm going to get some coffee. I just got to find my coffee cup. Okay. Yes, this coffee's great, by the way. I think I hear all of it. Hello, Mr. Paul. Hey, I'm just making a second cup of coffee. So right now, you've got your Bluetooth on, right? Whilst we're taking a shit, we can still talk, right? <laughs> yes. 
I didn't know you. How do you shit five times a day? How's that even possible? Oh no, that 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 was a joke. I was just trying to be funny. Oh. I was shitting for the fifth time. But I do. Um, have you noticed, right? Dogs, they always have two poos. For example, just imagine that a dog colon, or the the bottom part of the anus, the rectum, whatever it's called, right, is a is say 15 centimeters long, right? Right. Throughout the day, they say three times a day. In terms of food, when it's all compressed together, that's going to be, say, 30 centimetres, right? But the colon, the bottom part, no, not the colon, the rectum, can only hold 15. So the dog shits out that first 15 centimetres of poo, and then the next, sort of in the, the large intestine colon, is ready to come, like like suitcases at the airport. You've got the sec- first section, clear that, the next comes through, and the dog shits twice. Well, humans are no different. Um, I shit twice in the morning, so I have my first shit. And then two hours later, I shit again. And then I shit um, before bed. Because we eat so much stuff that we need more than just like, think about it. You can't just sit on the toilet, right, for, for say, 20 minutes to get both cycles of shit out. Because if you've eaten in different parts of the day, the food's going to come in at different parts of the shit cycle. So you can't, like, I shit two hours after my first shit. I can sit on that toilet for as long as I want. That second load of shit won't come for two hours because I eat at, say, 12 in the afternoon and then I have my family meal at eight o'clock. That's an eight hour difference. Why do I think that all that food's going to suddenly merge together? You know what I mean? It's just not how it works. So we I shit two times in the morning. And because I've got my food in sync, it's 12 o'clock and like eight o'clock, whatever. I shit at the same times because it comes through at the same times. Um, it's almost like the mailman. You know, he always comes at 12 o'clock. And he, and he always comes at five, right? It's the same thing. <laughs> as long as you've got your letters for 12 and letters for five, he grabs it and goes. Um, but also, that's another thing why so many people are getting, like, you know, cancers and colon cancers because they're eating so much shit, like prostate, right? Men are getting prostate cancer. Well, it's not a coincidence how more men are getting it. Not because they're wise in their ass because they're now kinky and they're thinking, what's this, right? It's because we're eating so much shit, right, for number one, Number two, we don't shit properly. Like we sit on that bog, right? And then we have to go to work. Work starts from say nine till five. Now I know, for example, I need to shit two hours later. If I'm Keith at the desk, right? I've had my morning poo, right? And now Keith can't really shit until he gets home. That shit is essentially soil that's turned to compost. No, compost that's turned to soil. It's become lumpy. The third section is clay. So you've got compost, soil, clay. During that eight hours, Keith's shit has now gone from compost. It's now gone to soil. It's lumped in his colon. So now he's constipated. So now he can't even shit. So now Keith hasn't shat for 24 hours. So again, the next day, he tries to shit in the morning. He can't because now that's turned to clay. So now what happens is he's got work at nine. He gets back at five. He hasn't shat for two days now. Now he's got three days worth of compost, soil and clay all fucking clumping up. It's like Heathrow Airport. The luggage machine has just malfunctioned and all the suit. Person who's like the suitcases on the thing. He's like, what the fuck do I do? There's fucking millions. It's everywhere. All on the sides, coming out all over the place. So now all that clay is sitting in his colon, is going up the rectum, all through the, the large intestine, going through the small intestine up until his gut, full of fucking five days old shit. But not only is it five days old, the cow that he ate 
was 21 day hung right so now he's got a dead cow for 21 days he's got he's got his own food five days old stuck in his gut and that food's starting to rot his intestines and his gut and his bowel and he gets cancer what is cancer the cells just rot and they start to destroy each other that's why men have so much prostate cancer because we're eating so much shit and we're not shitting properly <laughs> oliver you were built to be a podcaster you realize this <laughs> You just did a 15-minute dissertation on poo. Awesome. I want to take over Jimmy Fallon's talk show. That's my goal. That's where this all started from. I want to have my own talk show. Uh, well, if you ever did, I would start watching it because I can't watch Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I, I don't know. What I, um, can I ask you a personal question? No, I'm not homosexual. Next one. Oh, well, that was in there, but... Um, What's your longest relationship, Oliver? I've never, I've never had one. Really? However, that's because I always knew there was one person out there who was the same frequency as me, with the same brain, who I met on New Year's Eve, and she's mm -hmm. the one. So I always are knew that. Are you a virgin? No, 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 no. But in terms of relationship, in terms of something that's going to be there forever, they've got to understand you, see what you see. They've got to know that leaving the toothpaste lid off is not a fucking big issue. They've got to already kind of see your reason for doing stuff. Like if I'm out and about and I suddenly walk off to a shop, she will know I have clearly gone in there to ask a question like that has a purpose. So rather than where are you going? Blah, 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 somebody doesn't understand you. They'd be like, where have you fucking gone? So, yeah, I never had a girlfriend because I've got high energy and I need someone to match my energy. I knew that like me. I will take a long time to be complete and enlightened. So if she's the same energy as me, she would have gone through shit in her own way and she will become enlightened after she's worked out all the shit in her head because we'd have to do the same frequency, which means we would have had the same thoughts, the same bollocks going on in our head, right? So mm -hmm. I would know that when I'm complete, she will be complete at the same time. And at 27, I met this person and we were on a walk together in London and she was like, oh my God, you're literally the male version of me. And I didn't know at that time she was the one because I've met lots of people who I think, OK, she connects with me more than the last person. And then she connects with me more than the last person. And I realized, wow, if I keep I'm essentially evolving, I'm increasing in frequency. Each person has more traits of what I want, but they're still not the one. So I kept going, kept knowing this person would suddenly come into my life. And then eventually this person came into my life. And she's the one because she is the most like me over anyone else. And to think that there's someone else out there who is more like her and me is just like unfathomable. It's like it's like a black down syndrome albino with two with three legs with a, with a massive penis and a pair of tits. The, the amount of variables there is just like it's probably not possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the fact that is she unattainable now. Where did, where did this go? No, no, she's in my life. Like, she's the one. Oh, that's it. Oh, okay, okay. I see. see the point I was saying is that I've never had a girlfriend because I need someone to match my energy. And growing up, people in school, I was the weirdo because I was like I am. And it's like, well, he's not like the other 99 boys in the class going out, getting drunk, fucking, playing Xbox, doing all-nighters. So, therefore, he's not the same as me. So, I would never be in heart. I was a black sheep amongst the white sheep. I was always the one who was different. So... I realise I've got a fine black sheep rather than trying to trying to be a white sheep because I'm not white. You know what I mean? 
yeah, um, I do. So, yeah, I found the one and that's it. I always knew that she would come. I didn't know it'd be 27 years. I just knew I had to keep going. And because mass gets bigger, eventually I would attract. And I did. Do you all cohabitate now? So I am never going to live with anybody. I do not want kids and I do not want marriage. She's exactly the same. Of course, she's exactly the same. So my life will be I make my millions. I travel the world when I want to. I say we're going to China. She says, right, I'll be at the airport in 10. So we'll live different lives. The secret to a marriage is the heart. Distance makes the heart grow fonder. Hence why everyone hates each other because they live with each other. So you need your own time out. You need to have four days off by yourself to do your own shit and three days on. So you spend time with each other for three days, all about each other. But then the other four days, four, three or five, two, no, five, six, seven, five, two is your own time. We don't have our own time anymore to do our own stuff. The wife always wants to do this and do that. Go shopping, go to the mall. I've got this great idea. Let's go fishing. Let's do this. I'm like, all right, for fuck's sake. She's always leading and men don't have chance to do their own shit. And then the wife's like, well, I wanted to do this. And the man's fishing. And, and then there's an argument. Well, what's wrong, love? I wanted to do this, but you were fishing. It's like, well, can I at least do something for me? Again, everyone moves in together because they can't afford to buy a house. Because the society, housing costs too much. So to save money, we think, wow, we see each other four times a week anyway. I'm paying rent to this person. Let's get a mortgage. Let's put a another kid and then you're stuck right (laughs) but the secret is to have your own space and then you miss that person you want to see that person you fuck like rabbits because they're fucking horny right the opposite is you live with this person he's snoring through the night he's driving me crazy how can i fuck that person he's driving me crazy he's snoring he's smelly his breath stinks like that's not attractive that's why no one's shagging anymore <laughs> yeah, I think you're right about the um I, I think that uh if you if you find someone that has their own goals and their own shit together and their own passion and and you can follow it in you know being an individual in a relationship and I think that's really important. Uh you're right. Uh, relationships modern relationships people think that they have to be everything to each other and that's just impossible. You can't do that. It, no. If you don't have friends and you don't have outside influences you live in a bubble and you don't bring in anything interesting to it. So it gets boring really quick. I have friends that still live like they're in the 1980s, you know, even where they live, you know, you look at their flat. Is that what you call it? They, uh, <laughs> you look around and you're like, Oh God, you know, nothing has changed and they don't have friends and they hate each other. I mean, they literally hate each other. You can feel it. I, I call that, right. I call that putting a banana down on the counter going traveling for 30 years when you come back the banana will still be there right aka nothing changes and nothing changes if you don't get new friends watch new things on the tv go and do new things you're going to be doing the same things that you were doing you're just going to be doing the same things because those things that you're doing were things that you thought about before often when you are a child you do you have a certain lifestyle and then you move out and then you just continue those things you've always done. It's almost like when you become an adult, then life stops. But it, it's that's, that's bollocks. And yet their, their patterns will still be the same. And relationships, they all have their own dynamics. So the wife always nags about the toothpaste. And then the guy goes down the pub, moans about it. And then, where are you? 
you supposed to get it 20 minutes ago? Our wife's calling, blah, 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 blah. It seems to be like a set in stone dynamics, but that's not set in stone. You can change it. You can be on time. You can say to your wife, I'm coming home at eight o'clock and be on time. When the lads down the pub say, don't go now. Say, I'm sorry, but I love my wife. You can piss your wife off, but I'm not. You can put the toilet seat down. You can put the toothpaste on and you'll realise everything changes it's a domino effect it's like the oceans the coral will start to grow back when you don't put oil in it and you know pollute it give it chance the oceans will go back to normal for example now everyone's not working there's a river in i don't know greece or whatever there's dolphins and fish swimming through there for the first time in many 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 years because of we're not polluting it google it there's a place that was always polluted but because we've stopped working around the world, there's fish there, which means that in a few days, oceans can clear up. Nature can clear up. Trees can grow. Uh, the coral can go back to normal. You can stop smoking and your body will start to go back to normal. You meditate. Lungs will, you change. Yeah, lungs do it too if you quit smoking. Exactly. Absolutely. People say if you stop smoking, your lungs will. Uh, what the fuck? How do you do that? <laughs> Oh, okay. If you stop smoking, your lungs will sort of reverse itself. And you look at like a they big do. fat person, yeah, who's been on a really shitty diet. I'm talking like ma- massive, yeah. Have you noticed that he's been that size for 10 years and he hasn't died? So, which means you can eat that much shit for 10 years and not die, which means you can have a Chinese takeaway for 50 years and it still isn't the same amount of shit in the amount of shit that he ate to get that size for 10 years and then he loses all this weight and his body goes back to normal so fuck me you can get that big and then suddenly lose all that weight and your body goes back to normal you can heal anything you can change anything nothing is irreversible what's the hardest thing you've ever had to overcome in your life that you think you may have learned from hardest thing i to overcome i'd say Without thinking about it too much, the first thing that comes to mind is I had to understand why I wasn't like everyone else, why I was different. I was in constant an- analysing mode. Like, I'd go clubbing. Most of my friends, they're drunk. They're thinking about, oh, she's fit. I want to fuck her tonight. I'm analysing every single person. Why is he doing that? She's not interested. Why is he grinding her? He's so stupid. Like, I was always in analytical mode to try and give myself a reason or justification why I was not like that person, why I couldn't speak to that person, why I didn't have the confidence, why they didn't like me, why, why, why. I was always analysing. So for me, understanding why I was different and coming to terms with it through knowledge of understanding why, that was a constant battle my whole life. And having medication with for Tourette's did not help. Because imagine I need the brain power to work this shit out. And as soon as I start thinking about something and getting somewhere, I start to twitch. My dad says, you're twitching all of a medication. OK, I hit the medication, slows my brain down. The twitching stops and I'm too tired to think about what I was trying to think about. So I fall asleep. And at school, I used to always fall asleep in lessons because I didn't have the brain power to focus on what the teacher was saying. I just I just fall asleep. <clears throat> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I remember always going home in the afternoon. Um, I used to always say, I'm really drowsy. I did use it as an excuse, but I was drowsy, right? I'm really drowsy. I used to go to the reception. They used to call my dad and I used to leave lesson earlier. And then my dad used to pick me up from school. We used to get a McDonald's, right? And then I used to go back to his work and I used to just do stuff around the work. 
Um, looking back now, I realised how often I actually did that. I did use it as an excuse, but I was drowsy. I didn't want to fucking be there anyway. So I took advantage of it. And then my dad would pick me up. Um, so, yeah, the medication, looking back, was making me drowsy. Again, meditation healed me, removed the problem. Medication suppressed the issues. I came off it. Bang. Threats went in three weeks' time. No joke. Three weeks of constant med- meditation, mixing with the awareness of the power of the mind, blah, 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 all that nonsense online, healed me. I was that Madame Two Swords statue. I wasn't moving. There was no brain activity. I could control things, make things move, my TV, and make lights flicker. I became so powerful, my energy. It was like, <clears throat> I call it a Lamborghini being tied to a lamppost whilst it's in full throttle going forwards. <laughs> yes. You're burning I so much relate. energy, but you're not doing anything. You're just like burning yourself out. As soon as I cut ties, medication, vroom, I was off. Fifty, like 10 years worth of thoughts. Chicken or the egg? Is there a god? How could he be in the sky? What does he eat for dinner? There's no shops up there. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, I was a lot like that. I got in so much trouble for, cause they tried to, uh, you know, put me in certain classes and, I, I I asked questions and I was the same way in school. I, I was I would look at this and go, is this really what we're doing? This is for you know idiots. And um, I I suffered depression really bad because I didn't realize that I was just different because I was watching all all these other kids kind of like you were talking about black sheep, white sheep, and everybody else could conform no problem, but I wasn't them. And I didn't know that I was, we're probably one of a handful of people out of a hundred, you know what I'm saying? And so I wondered if you felt that depression that came along with that when you were that age. So I was, I've had such a great upbringing, loving family. I've had everything, right? So I had unconditional love. So I was always happy on the outside. I was always the smiley kid, but on the inside is that constant voice, right? that that battle that voice so i seemed happy but i was so unhappy and i wanted to die so often like i said to my parents i want to die and they didn't understand um i wanted to die literally so looking back i suppose you would call it depression looking back when my heart used to pound when i put my hand up in the class because i was being judged my heart would pound right that is anxiety that is depression i didn't call it that okay but looking back it probably was but i always overcame that feeling of like not being good enough for why am I different to oh well when I make millions of pounds and I've got my big house and my Ferrari you'll regret it that counteracted that depression of why am I like this I hate my life it'll be fuck you when I come back in 30 years time you'll regret it now I don't have those grudges I forgive everyone I get it but then it was well when I have a million quid you'll wish you were nice to me that essentially counteracted the depression otherwise I probably would have killed myself because I I was just the black sheep. Um, so, yeah, it probably was depression, but I counteracted it by always having the better hand, always outsmarting them, always being the last one to end the argument. They used to say to me, why have you always got to just like, why have you always got to be, have the last punch, have the last say? Why have you always got to take it to the extreme? That pushed people away because I annoyed people. But for me, having the last word was like having the last word. I had the upper hand because otherwise, if I didn't have the upper hand, no one likes me. 
You know, it was always you're so annoying. No one likes you. Actually, he likes me. That's one person. So no one likes me is wrong because he's one person, <laughs> which means no one doesn't like me is wrong. You are wrong. And then the other guy will start chipping him. Why have you got to be such a dick? I'm a dick. Well, how am I a penis? Because a penis is a willy. I'm not a willy. And then it was like this constant, like trying to have the last word over every single person. Hence why right. I had no friends. I was annoying shit. But if, <laughs> if I didn't do that. <laughs> Then I had nothing. I had no friends. No one liked me. I had nothing to lose. I was Have you ever f- been compared to who's that uh, British Russell guy? Brand. Yes. Russell brand. Absolutely, all the time. Yeah. And how the, is that? Is that is that good or bad? How do you feel about that? That's the thing, right? I always wanted to be famous and have money growing up because that's me seeing myself as I am more important. I'm something better. I can achieve more than what you fuckers are going to do, which is go to work, come home and die. Yeah. So it's not the fame or the money. It's the I see myself as different. So Russell Brand, he got the Hollywood, the money. And now he's basically an enlightened monk and he's done the full circle. I fortunately at 21 was going through that cycle of wanting this life so bad that I couldn't get it and I wanted to die. So rather than having that life and realizing afterwards, I got to that point, saw everyone else like Jim Carrey right now and Kanye West. They all did that cycle of madness, but it's actually a breakthrough of awareness. UK Kanye was mad. Kanye was like me. He was driving himself crazy with how well was going. He went to the hospital and he found God and he did that circle. I unfortunately, but fortunately, saw the cycle without having to do it physically. Robin Williams Unfortunately, as I said, he was working it out as he went along and it was too late. Russell Brand and me would have gone down the Robin Williams path of driving yourself crazy. So imagine doing this, talking on stage, going home, hearing that voice in your head. So you need to go on stage to get it out. But it's still there when you come home. Me and Russell, we were those people and we learned to meditate. So now we turn on and off. He died of Parkinson's. Was it? Um, It was a rare form of parkinson's but it's the point where you literally just once you get it you die hence why he hung himself because it's you can't reverse he didn't have that on off button he didn't have that meditation button me and russell have that meditation button so if we're gonna die it won't be of say parkinson's it will be kind of of alzheimer's because our brains aren't doing enough because we're always meditating but the point is this that we are we're not constantly on he's off and then he's on do you feel comfortable public speaking speaking in public? That's what I want to do. I want to be a speaker. So, for example, I was going to go to London and give out tickets to a free event that I was doing. So I was going to go to bars and pubs and be like, look, you're not busy till seven at night time. Your pub is empty from, say, two till six. I will get people in. They'll buy drinks. You'll make money from the drinks. Let me use your venue to speak. So I go into London. I'd say, look, law of attraction, power of the mind, meditation, whatever, free event right now. 100 people come in for free. I'll charge them £5 next time, but you've got to get them in first, right? And I public speak. Like I'm doing, I'm speaking to them. And it'll be a Q&A event with Oliver. My podcast is Talk With Oliver. So it'll be a Talk With Oliver event. So I'll be sat on the stage. People will ask me questions like you, Paul. You say, Oliver, tell me why this happens. And I'll give a five-minute rant. And then the other person will be like, so I was growing up and I was depressed. What do you reckon this has happened? Well, Paul, and I'll do that, okay? That is what I want to do, public yeah. speaking. But a lot of actors and celebrities and singers, they rely on the industry. They rely on that gig. And then when they're not in demand, 
they're fucked. They lose it all. I want to have my public speaking and my speaking abilities, my preaching, like, like, you know, pastors, for example, they, they pack out arenas of, you know, amen, hallelujah. You know, you see those people, <laughs> they make I so do. much money preaching people, right? That's what I want to do. That's my bread and butter. But the talk show, the, the acting and stuff is my Chinese takeaway. Like Russell Brand, he can take these gigs, but he's happy just doing what he's doing. Um, public speaking is what I want to do. When I was, say, 14 years old or whatever, I remember putting on on Facebook my profession, motivational speaker. Because I used to lecture all my friends why you shouldn't be smoking and drinking and doing drugs. and you know. But they didn't give a shit. I was annoying to them. And my dad was like, you should be a public speaker, motivational speaker, because I was so young teaching people that are older than me. You shouldn't smoke like you, Paul. You shouldn't smoke. And you know you shouldn't smoke. But you still do it. And you'd be like, <laughs> you should do motivational speaking. And again, 20, you know, 15 years later, that's what I want to do. Change the world, preach my knowledge, and you can choose to listen to it or not. So your question was, how do I find public speaking? Well, I need to get an audience first through this. And then they might come and see me. It's on the books. Well, that's good. Uh, the reason why I was asking is, uh, you know, I, I, I was a lead singer in a band for many years, and it, it's kind of like public speaking in the sense that you get instant feedback from whoever you're talking to or singing to. You know instantly if they're, I don't know, if they're vibing with you, I guess would be a, a good way to put it. But Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just interested to see if you'd ever, it seems like you have when I've been just listening to you, it sounds like you would feel very comfortable doing it just some people can some people can't it's weird i literally could like i could stand in front of a crowd of people and talk like speaking to one person as opposed to a hundred thousand people or millions watching through a camera it's no different to me because i'm still being me you are you one-on-one he is him one-on-one so speaking to them both at one time is the same in my mind as speaking to them individually. It's not, oh my God, the more people watching me, the scarier it is. No, you are communicating when you're singing a song, that person is having an experience with you, connecting to your lyrics one-on-one. That person is having their own experience with you. It's like you've got a Wi-Fi router, everyone's phone is connected. It's an individual connection between you and that person watching. So it's not there's 100,000 people watching or there's 10. It's no different because they're all looking at you, connecting to you individually. Does that make sense? It feels, it feels very different to me uh, in the sense that when I'm performing on stage uh, with my band, it, it's not a, it is a two-way conversation in the way that they're reacting. But I don't like to have podcasts with more than one person because it can go off – the rails so fast, you know, you have, especially if you have three people that really like getting words out. Um, when you try to drive a train to a, a thought, it seems to be harder for me. I really like one-on-one podcasts. So I, I, I had, I had seven friends growing up, right? I don't see them anymore because I just became different to them and they didn't serve me much purpose. I wasn't enjoying their company. It was the same old shit. Remember that time when we played football and that guy kicked that ball and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? That was years ago. Right. Anyway, the point is that all my friends are part of groups of friends. I've always I always wanted to be that kid to go to a festival with like, say, 10 people. Yeah. Down the pub. Eight of them go to house parties and barbecues. I never went to a house party growing up. I never went to a house party. Right. I've always had one-on-one friends. I've never been somebody who's part of groups of friends. I find that people who are part of friendship groups, they're part of one group and they end up 
that's their group forever. And they go to their weddings and whatever. And there's people like you and me who have one on one relationships with people because we are different to the pack who are all following the same patterns. So we connect to people who aren't part of the pack, but are sort of more like us, but less like them. So we connect one on one. So a podcast like this, we can be in tune and flow on the same frequency. If you have another person like three is a crowd or whatever, the conversation always has to stop and go to them. So you never actually get anywhere. You can speak for an hour with one person. But if you actually have, say, two people, you're speaking for like it's 30 minutes because it's 30 with you. No, 20, 20, 20. So now 60 minutes with one, 20 minutes with you. You've you've divided that time by a third just by bringing someone else in. And then you put another person in. You realize you're down the pub talking bollocks because you can't yeah. have a conversation. A conversation needs to be like this. Where you speak for three minutes. Listen, for him to speak for three minutes. It can't just be five seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, because it takes time to express a thought and get there and speak it in whether they understand it. You can't just get it out in a few seconds when that's why like that's why I love podcasts, because you can just speak to people who are on your same page. I do, too. Uh, um, One thing that um, the only caveat to that would be when you're in a group, uh, psychologists say, and I believe this, that. You, it really let's say you you meet uh, your fiance's family, extended family for the first time, and there's 10 of them. It's hard to be 10 different people in a room with 10. So it really brings out who you are. Um, you, you don't have one on one. It's easy for me to not con you, but be the person Oliver wants me to be. But in a group of Oliver's family who have different personalities and different viewpoints, it's very hard for me to be everyone's person. You know what I mean? So that would be the only caveat to being uh, better in a group situation. But as far as podcast, I really like one on one. Nice. I'm a I'm a great leader. I always suck around the United States because I have great leadership, great ideas, and I can work with people. Now, I find that if you create individual relationships with the people, I used to work in a restaurant, right? I have seen how there's a manager who tells his employees what to do. And they don't like being told what to do. And then they don't do it and they make their life hell. And the manager reinforces those rules and it just goes to shit. Me, for example, I build a relationship with every single person where they get to know me on a personal basis, where they know me. So now when I'm managing what seems to be everyone, they all have their own connection with me. So now when I say do this and do that, they're more likely to do it because they now have connected with me on an individual basis. I know when I leave a room, people speak about me. Okay, they speak about me. Negative, positive, he's crazy, he's fucking whatever. Yeah. Oh, he's so smart. I know that. Okay, but I also know that the fact that I've created a relationship with each individual person means that now they're probably not going to slag me off. One person slags me off because now they feel guilty the fact that they've done it. So, for example, when I used to go to a a friend's house they didn't like me but I felt like I should be there because why shouldn't I be there because you know I'm you know whatever I used to record my phone in my jacket so I used to be in that place I used to go to the toilet whatever put my phone on record so they wouldn't know that they wouldn't know that I was listening right so they would talk about me right he's such a prick no one wanted to come anyway why does he do this I know he's so annoying blah 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 blah. and then all of a sudden I'd come back and and obviously I'd go home, play the recording, and I'd know what they spoke about me. So now I would know things that they didn't know that I'd know. I'd use that to my advantage, right? 
Um, so, for example, I'd know there was a house party or I'd know there's a gathering or something going on. But no one told me. But I would know. But it's like, well, how did you know that? Did you tell him? No, I didn't tell him because I heard from the recording. I play it against them. I'd be like, yeah, she told me. Why did you tell him? I told you not to tell you. I did. Well, how did he know? It was just you and me in the room. And I'd, I'd be like the mic. I'd be like, ah, devil. Ah, fuck you. That would teach you not to invite me. Um, so the point is that they didn't like me and they didn't know me on an individual basis because they didn't want to be seen speaking to me because I was not the cool kid. So now I realized growing up, if you create individual relationships with people, now when people start to speak about you, they won't chip in and provide negative energy because they just know that's what you're like. So now it will just be, God, so he talks a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And the conversation ends because when you speak about somebody in a bad way, everyone chips in and you fuel each other. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. I thought it was just me. He stinks. He's annoying, whatever. Now, if somebody says something who doesn't know me that well, whereas the other eight people do, they'll say, God, he's such an annoying prick. No one else chips in because they are friends with me and they feel like they're, they're backstabbing me or talking about me. And they don't want to well, be like They also know you're recording them. No, 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 no. This is like this is this is like once or twice, many, many years ago, right? Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but, um, the point is that they they feel like if they're bitching about me, and when I'm speaking to them and I'm serving them and saying I'll pay for you, I'll get you a coffee, come out with me, they feel like they're betraying me as a friend if they were to sort of speak about me, and it's almost like yeah, well, that's just what he's like. And therefore, that negative energy isn't there anymore. So now, when I say, "Can you clean that table or whatever?" They do it because they respect me. And I feel that leadership these days is becoming dick dictation means that if you don't listen, I'll just reinforce it and give you punishment. Like I'll just when you tell a kid, if you don't make your bed, uh, you won't be going to play football with your friends. So now he goes, Why now he's angry how you're not letting him play with his friends. He has a grudge against you. He starts to hate you. And now he starts to do the opposite. And then he starts smoking weed after school because he wants to rebel against you. Whereas if you had a conversation with his son, do you like it when I say make your bed? He goes, no. You say, why? Because, daddy, I want to do it for you. And you say, I'm proud of you because you did it without me asking. I'm like, well, OK, we'll try that. Every Sunday before three o'clock, I'll let you make your bed. Now he does it before three o'clock and you say, well done, son. I love that you did it. And I didn't tell you like a dog. You do you see a good boy and you give him a treat. Now he wants to get that treat. So now your son will always make the bed before that time. And he and now you're in sync. It's like you're in sync. Whereas the opposite is I told you to make your bed. You're not going out. He's angry. He wants to do it on his terms. And then he's not doing the bed and he can't play football and he hates you. And so he ends up coming home later. And then you have this war. War doesn't beat war. Peace does. As Trump says, peace through strength or. Yeah, peace through strength. Have the military so strong that you won't have to use it. If you start just fucking bombing everyone, they're going to bomb you. Like, you know, North Korea, they said, first thing Obama said was, we're going to go to war. What well, Obama would have taken them to war if you try to use force. Trump says, nope, sit down, get to know them on an individual basis. So when I ask Kim to clean the table, he's more likely to clean the table. If I just say, Kim, clean that table, he's not going to fucking do it. So what Trump does so well is he builds individual relationships with different people. So now he's more able to get things done because now they connect on a personal level. Wow. I don't really get that. To me, it just seems like a buffoon. But I don't. as far as positive re reinforcement, I do that with my, my son. We make a game out of doing 
things that other kids would think is a chore. And and here here's a great example. I go, hey, do you want to do some, you know, going on an exploration? He's like, yeah. I said, let's go around and see you can t- pick up the most trash around our neighborhood. Amazing. And he gets so excited. Yeah. We walk around picking up trash, you know. And if I do that with everything, like you said, you're 100% right in the sense that uh, positive reinforcement is always better. And one other thing you said about being a waiter, I think every kid, you know, some was it Israel makes all kids go to the military. I think every kid should be a waiter because you get you have to pick up on someone very quickly and and read them. And if we were all better at that, I think we'd we'd be a little bit better society, you know. And also, you're serving someone. Yeah, like you have to be polite. You can't swear. You've got to be aware of how you are being perceived. You've got to listen to them. You've got to communicate. You've got to be positive. You make an eye contact. You're communicating. You are. You have to be like orderly. You've got to do things right. Stuff that is part of life. And I, waiting, waiting was my first ever job. I used to work for myself, buying and selling stuff on eBay and shit like that. And I shut it all down when I was 21 because I was enlightened. Fuck this materialistic crap. I don't want money. And I realized shit. Everything in life is money. I need money. So I had to get a part time job as a waiter. I started to work there. I started to run the place because that's just like my mindset of why is this happening? Why is this happening? Manager, why are you not doing that? Okay, I became a pain in their ass, right? And I realized, (laughs) okay, they are managing. I'm a leader. I'm only here because I need money. I can't run the joint. And that's why they used to let me run the floor, even though I wasn't a manager, because the restaurant runs so smoothly when I was running the floor and I learned so much I learned how to communicate and yeah it's true you learn so much life skills like people are just used to sort of being pissy with their friends or mumbling or not finishing their conversation you have to finish the conversation you can't mumble you can't have an attitude with a customer if they say oh this isn't right you can't be like fuck you or go somewhere else and go McDonald's <laughs> you can't be like that you've got to be like oh I'm so sorry about that let me get you another one I mean, you're so right. Waitering should be like a. <laughs> Everyone has it, to it, do it growing no, up. No, it's so true because it teaches you life. It literally, 16 year olds go to McDonald's and they, they have no fucking clue how to speak to random people. They can speak to people. Now you can speak to any human in your life because you're used to it and you're not nervous because you're just familiar. And you're so right. You're so right. <laughs> it gives you that confidence. When I go, my, my uh, fiance and I li- love to go, we're kind of foodies. We love to go to really high-end restaurants. And 90%, the food's great, don't get me wrong, but 90% of it is just the care and attention to detail and, you know, the grace. And they just, just being treated so well. We love it. You know, it's it, you don't see that very much anymore. It's terrible. It's like, you know, like delivery, delivery, Uber Eats, Just Eat, they order, say, um, they order, say, I don't know, a restaurant, a fish restaurant, right? They order a fish because when they go to that fish restaurant, they love it and they get the fish. It's all soggy. It's been in that guy's bag for ages and something's not quite right. I'm disappointed. That's because it's not just about the food. It's about the excitement of having a shower, getting ready, putting on your perfume, going out, walking in the restaurant, hearing the vibe, the music, the smell, the scenery. Oh, hi, Dave. I haven't seen you for a while. And it's the, hey, ma'am, what would you like to drink? Do you want a dessert? <laughs> it's, it's everything. It's the whole package of going out. It's not just the food. So, again, yeah. you're right. It's um. It's the and again, the more you pay for a meal, it's the service. It's how they quickly take your plates. How there's five of them, not fucking 
where's one waiter? He's having a fag outside. It's like <laughs> my plate's been sat here for ages. The five waiters, they're looking at you, ready for you to finish, and they clean it. They take your plate away. They lay the table again. You feel like you're fucking king. You feel like you're a royalty. And that's yeah. why people pay so much for a fucking chicken wing. A 30 p <laughs> chicken wing, you're not paying £10 for because it's the customer service. It's the five people's fucking wages you're paying for. <laughs> uh, so um, my fiance and I are talking about wanting to take a vacation to the UK. What, where should we, we go? What, what should we be looking for? What's the non-tourist things we should be doing? First of all, if you do come over, I will absolutely come and see you, 100%. Oh, we'll be for lunch like or whatever. Um, I could take yeah. you around Windsor. So you've got you've got main London, Buckingham Palace, London Eye, all the tourist shit you could pretty much do in a day, okay? And then you've just got, like any city, Eiffel Tower, the Berlin Wall, now what? But then there's so much part of America, like the desert, and, like, there's so much part of America, like you've got the Antarctic, the desert, there's more than just, like, the cities. So I suppose you've got, like the countryside like windsor castle you've got somerset you've got the caves like there's caves that have been there for years country and then you've got like windmills that have just been there for years you've got mountains stuff that people wouldn't normally come and see but you've got like the cotswolds the cotswolds are like a really old village in england um lots of pubs and stuff really old buildings stuff like that places that people don't really go they go to london but they don't go sort of we're talking like an hour or two hours outside of London. So it's not really far to go. But there's so many amazing stuff. To be honest, I live in England, but I don't really know. I mean, I, I couldn't really tell you. Cotswolds, Somerset, Cornwall. They're just like places that people go because, I don't know. I, I can't give you the answer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, um, again, if it's not the city, it's like, for example, Shakespeare, his house. It's like 400 years old. You can go and see his house and it's a really old house. You can go and see Shakespeare's house for the day. I mean, that's it. Shakespeare's house. But I suppose that's no different to like seeing a pyramid. Once you look at it. OK, I get it. It's a triangle. Now let's go for lunch. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love old things. I'm from New Orleans originally. And I, when people come used to come in from out of town, I would show them all the tourist crap and then we would go look at, you know, really old buildings, architecture and stuff like that. So, yeah, we definitely want to do that. Yeah. When you come over, definitely call me because I'll probably yeah. be in London doing live, live talks anyway. So do you uh, have a studio? No, just do it for my oh. conservatory. OK. Yeah, we definitely would hit you up. We came because, uh, yeah, we're both interested in it. We we've gotten in the stage in our life where we just want to travel, you know, just go see other cultures. You know, that's the thing. There's so many countries out there, like so many countries. Like I'm even hearing countries that I've no idea exist. And then I think they must have a government. They must have a language. They must have people. They must have food. I'm like, I didn't fucking know this even existed. Like, you know, what I mean? there's so many countries and so many different governments. Like it's phenomenal. We are we're, like, you know, when you go to like England, there's ants. They're like this big. You go to America ants are this big you go to spain they're this tiny everywhere you go there's different ants different grass different cows as i said there's different sheep they move different they 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 taste different in terms of the meat and the milk's different right there's so yeah. many different things that out there different trees different smells 
it's it's phenomenal like the world is massive and I want to travel the reason why I never went traveling growing up is because I was always trying to make money and make a business so I could travel when the fuck I wanted right I haven't gone traveling because I shut my business down at 21 I should have made it by say 23 but instead at 24 I started again so now I'm starting again literally but when I've got money I want to be able to travel when I want go to any country I want when I want serve the people do speaking give money to the homeless see some old man in the street put him up in a you know like have dinner with him do a podcast with him so tell me old man you've been homeless for how long oh i've been homeless for 40 years tell me when what, what happened well you know my dad was a drug addict and i came to the street and i saw that's a podcast material right there yeah. podcast with an ancient i don't know ancient iraqi or monk who lives in a mountain i could bring my phone bring a microphone i could do a podcast with a monk or a tribesman in the jungle how amazing would that be? You know what I mean? I've got so many oh, ideas. Yes. Uh, oh, it's so weird where you get gold from. I mean, uh, every once in a while you do a podcast with someone that just will knock your socks off. They have a story that just better than fiction. And that's what I do this for. That's why I love I love people. I love their stories. I think it's yeah. better than shit that anybody can write, you know? Yeah, like you would never get this type of conversation if I just went to the pub or to a neighbor's house or to a friend's house because those people don't exist it just don't exist. And as shitty as it is that I can't touch you and feel you because you're not physical in terms of human connection, this is as good as it gets right now. I mean, yeah. this is better than nothing. My brain is still going through the motion of thought stimulation as if you're here. So it doesn't matter that you're not here because I'm stimulating those feelings and getting the same response as if you are here. So it doesn't matter because the brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what isn't real. Like, you can have an orgasm whilst you're sleeping and you look down, you're not even erect. It's like, how the fuck did I come? I'm not even hard. <laughs> so the brain can make you feel things but without even it being a reality. So yeah. this is no different to me. Yeah, it's great. I, this is kind of bringing me around to doing I'm, this is I'm doing podcasts on be, being different, being guests on different people's shows, uh, although and I'm coming around to doing it, especially with the lockdown that we're having right now with coronavirus. But the I really enjoy being face to face just for the audio. You know, I have, I have a good setup at studio, but it sure is nice to be able to reach across and, you know, someone in the UK or anywhere be able to talk to them. It's nice. Yeah, that's the thing. Everyone's everyone. Everyone who's awakened is dispersed around the world. It's like pissing in a pool. It's so dispersed that you can't really see trace of that urine, but it is there. You know, you piss in a pool, it's all yellow and it starts to go clear. They're there. It, it's still there. You can't see it. These people like us, they're all over the world. There's a few in Mexico, a few in Jamaica, a few in the jungle, a few in America. I mean, there's not really many in England. I honestly, I couldn't, I've not met anyone who knows the types of things that Americans do. I mean, it's interesting. Because so. in England, they're all just fucking negative pricks and, and depressed and hate everyone. And like, we're just, <laughs> I've never met anyone who can give me a stimulating conversation like, I have had with American podcasters. It's just huh. England is just a negative, whiny, fucking people. They're like they're just negative, like just problems. Like it's just the way it is. Americans are like, hi, how you doing? Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> English hate Americans because they're too positive and too loud and too energetic for us weak, low energy, negative London wankers. <laughs> That's an interesting perspective. I've never thought of it that way. Um, that's interesting because some of my I love um, 
I love philosophy, and, and there's some uh, good Brits out there. Uh, I guess it all depends on, you know, which circles you run into. I mean, that's one thing that's being a podcaster. We get to talk to you know, really interesting people that want to talk to other people. I mean, like you said, I, I have friends that I would never bring on my podcast. I've been friends with them forever, but there's no way. I mean, they're like a stick in the mud. They're, you know, nothing changes. They they listen to the same music they did 10 years ago. They don't ask any questions about life, and they don't want to change anything. That's fine. Not for yeah. me, though. Yeah. Scares me the fact. that scares me the feeling of doing the same thing for more than one day. It really fucking scares me. Like, most thing I, I'm scared about in life is not death. It's dying and having a thought in my head I didn't do. Like, I do not want to die wishing I'd done stuff because I see people they die of regret I wish I reached out to my daughter 30 years ago I wish I did this I wish 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 and they don't fucking do it that scares me the fact that I will live my life and haven't not done the things I want to do that pushes me now to keep fucking doing shit because we could die at any point get run over the flu could wipe us out so therefore just do things that make you feel good and people are just procrastinate and have thoughts in their head and they don't do anything that must make them feel shit that's why people drink to suppress that feeling of i should be doing this but i'm not and they and, and it just becomes a habit and yeah that's scary the thing the thought, the thought of dying and having not done the stuff that i want to do is scary because i want to die having done everything that i want to do fuck a black mexican filipino lady boy Everything once. I want to try every type of food. Travel to right any on. part of the world. You know, gangbang threesome, cock up my ass, whatever. <laughs> Everything. If I can do it, I want to do it at least once. Yeah. You know, I want to drive every car. I want to say hello to every animal. I want to have a, every animal as a pet. I want to speak to as many humans as possible. That is what I call life a holiday. You go on holiday, you bungee jump, you skydive, you try all the food, you, you you know, you go on holiday to do as much shit as you can. You look at the Eiffel Tower, you look at this, and then you go home. For me, home is death. Life is a holiday. I'm here to do whatever I can. Sky jump, bungee jump, you know, get a tattoo on my ass saying, you know, fucking whatever. Because to me, when you die, that's it. You go home, back to life, going to work, hating your boss, nagging wife, mortgage bills. To me, it's a holiday. It's an 80-year holiday for me. It's funny because, uh, and your your energy is infectious. It's really nice, Oliver. But the uh, I had someone tell me once, boredom is just a uh, it's just a lack of attention, and 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 it's like that with meditation too. I mean, any like you talk about, you know, uh, you know, life is a holiday. It really is. Uh, but with without that. Um, the only the only difference I would I would say is you know you were saying you want to do all these different things I kind of lived most of my life like that where it was kind of self will run riot I could do whatever I want when I wanted and uh, there's a, a certain kind of trap to that as well you I know agree. what I mean I do agree yeah yeah because it's like everywhere ev all your friends and family they've got a house they go back they watch on it they watch a tv program on the couch and they go to work they say you hungry they make each other a cup of teas and that foundation of everyone's at home sort of going to bed because they've got work me i'm going for walks at night talking to squirrels and frogs and birds and foxes and sort of watching a mole like dig up a trash can and so yeah that, that's nice but eventually you realize okay i can travel when i want i start to have friendships for like short amount of time and that's it 
and there's no like friends forever I can't call people to go down the pub because I don't have any real friends that are there for long enough so work friends they got to work friends that they've had since school yeah they're doing the same shit but you can go out to the pub play football with them that's a foundation and I envied that with my friends or the friends I didn't have and I can go when I want go to bed when I want go holiday when I want but naturally you do admire and want what the majority has naturally you do see like marriage and house and kids as much as I don't want that you do start to envy that because that's all that you see and that's all that you want for example we spoke about the deformed person who's got a mother with one tooth hanging out that's all that he knows you start to seek that because that's all that you know you become familiar with your surroundings um and I did start to grieve like that nine to five go home fucking wife job lifestyle and then I realized fuck this because you see the things you want to see you see them having sex and having takeaways but you don't see all the shit behind closed doors you don't see the nagging stuff the snoring next to you the lack of sex you don't see all of that and I kick myself back into gear and I'm like mate it's an illusion you see this happy oh what a lovely boyfriend and girlfriend they're all so happy and loved up yeah that's the loved up part the honeymoon stage you've got fucking 80 years of that person and 50 50 end in divorce that's what you don't see and now I realize I'd rather be free to travel the world and connect with someone like you and fuck this Filipino and enjoy that moment. Because the real life, <laughs> the reality is that when I compare it to my friend's life, they're miserable and happy fuckers. <laughs> and they're cheating anyway with the Filipino person because the wife isn't fucking him. So I might as well fuck the Filipino now. It's like, you know, <laughs> like the best of both worlds. Speaking of the Philippines, I want to go there. All right, Mr. Oliver. Well... <laughs> My uh, my fiance and I gotta go eat something, man. I okay. really enjoy talking to you. I have to quickly plug anything you want to plug. Any podcasts, work, social medias, whatever. Okay, I have um, I have about ten, fifteen episodes recorded. I'm waiting till I have thirty. My podcast is called Only Six More Times, and that basically has to do. There's like a saying around here that you know if you're fucking something up and you just keep trying the same damn thing over and over again, only six more times. People call me Podcast Paul. I love talking to people. Love talking to you too, Oliver. I love your podcast. So when we get a chance, um, I'd like to you to come on my podcast and maybe spread your uh, your uh, intelligence and energy all over it. Just shoot your wad all over the place. <laughs> I'll shoot my load all over that bird. Spaff <laughs> all over your tits. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm gonna quickly press stop and I'll say goodbye. Okay. Sounds good. Right there.